There you go. I've got to limber up here because this show's going to be a belter. Oh, God. I can't believe he's actually... Uh, so, Lily is actually exercising <laughs> his yeah. his muscles yeah. for this one. I'm, I'm getting myself ready for this one because it's high-octane <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Right, well, I'm dirty. And today, if you haven't gathered, we're going to be doing Paul Blart Mall Cop. Why would they have been able to gather that? Yeah. We didn't tell them, did well, we? Well, we put it on Facebook. And it'll be on the top. How yeah, we put yeah. it on the Facebook? <laughs> a week yeah. before now, we're announcing what we're going to be doing, so you lot at home can get excited for what's coming out at the end of the week. So they do know we're doing... Yes, Paul, but, Paul, but, Paul, but we're not going to be... Mark Cop. We're just not going to tell people at the end of the last show. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah. It's building anticipation, building the brand that is wow. the bad movie, folks. So we'll bring out t shirts soon. We're not bringing out t shirts soon. That was a complete lie. But, you know, we're building the brand anticipation, getting those getting those new listeners in there. It's, like, it's almost like marketing. Let's do this at the beginning of the show, right? If you're sitting at home listening to this or in your car, wherever you're listening to this, please at least tell one friend about our show to build our listenership. So, well, yeah, because we, we could then build it from five to ten. Imagine that. Yeah. And then, Imagine double. Then, and then, say, yeah. Tell, tell a friend, but don't tell them I listened to a podcast the other day. It was shit. Yeah. Tell them good things. They've done all the greatest films. They've done Armageddon, yeah. Jaws 4, Battlefield Earth, Paul Blah. House Blah. by the Cemetery. Yeah, House <laughs> by the Cemetery. All the stuff you've seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Visitor. Yeah. All yeah. of your favourite yeah. films. Megafold. Howling yeah. 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Howling. Um... <laughs> Right, anyway, so yeah, we're doing Paul Blart Mall Cop. Um, so this is a film made by Happy Madison. Adam Sadler's. Sign of quality, right. Happy there. Madison's. Uh, Happy Madison is obviously... Uh, to Happy Madison, that's Happy Madison's company. Happy, yeah, that's yeah. Um, Adam Sadler's production company. And they make all of his films, that's his stuff, that's his thing. And he does, tends to do a lot of the kind of very kind of family-friendly stuff, doesn't he? You know, you've got Happy Gilmore... Uh, Big Daddy was another one. Happy Gilmore wasn't that family friendly, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. mm-hmm. There's some others, isn't there? What are some others? We need to name Most them. of them are, I think. Some of them are a bit risky. Yeah, some are a little bit. Um, oh, Big, 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 Big Zog, Daddy. Zog, little Nicky. Oh, um, don't Nicky. mess with the Zogtan. Don't oh, mess with the Zogtan. Oh, my God. Jack Grown and Jill. Ups. Grown up. Jack Grown and Jill. Ups too. Yeah, Jack uh, 50 and Jill. First Dates. Was that him? Yeah. Was that him? Drew Barrymore's. Wedding Singer? Maybe, but that was Possibly. an early one, wasn't it? So maybe yeah, that was before. Maybe. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Wedding Singer, I like. I'd and, say Wedding Singer. And of course, Billy Madison, which is a happy Yeah, Billy Middleton. Middleton. Oh, the Water Boy. Oh, how many boy. more can I do? This is fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How many of these has he made? Um, it's got to be more. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Let's not, let's not dwell on it. Oh, Grown Ooh. Ups, one oh, and two. Yeah, yeah I think um, um, that, what was that awful one on Netflix? I oh, pronounce you Chuck Larry. Memoirs of an International Assassin. Is that, was he in that? Or no, that that's just... Kevin James. Okay. Uh, the Magnificent Six. The no, Ridiculous the, Six. The Ridiculous Six. Have you seen it? No, don't be ridiculous. It's, I, I, can, I literally could only get 10 minutes into think, it and I had to turn it off. Didn't you watch that here with me? No. Because I, no, I did the same thing. I switched off after No, I watched it at home and there's a bit in the beginning, I can't really remember what was happening. There's a bit where he's having a, a kind of dual standoff with Ghost of the West um, and and something happens that was, the, the comedy was so awful that I just I just couldn't have to turn it off. It was terrible. Mm. But my point is with Happy Madison is I think some of his earlier stuff was quite fun and it was all very safe and family friendly and that's all cool. Um, but he has made some crap as well. And this is, I think, I don't think this is like an offensive comedy. It, like, it's not offensively bad, but I think it is 
unfunny. I I think it is not an not a not a not an offensive comedy, but I think it is offensive. <laughs> sure. So I don't think it's like a, like an offensive like like um, I don't think it's that kind of humour that you know is not family friendly humour that kind of more adult humour. Yeah. But it's also not humour. No, is it? So that could offend people. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's like a comedy vacuum. This film. Because things happen in it, jokes are made, but it's like if you were in, sitting in a quiet room of other people, you'd be able to hear a pin drop all the time. Yeah. Because I just don't think any of it, for me, didn't find any of it funny. It was very, very family friendly. There are bad guys in it that don't aren't violent, that, that threaten people by shouting and with skateboards. There's like no real violence in it at all. There's maybe one or two punches of a headbutt here and there, but it's all very. Yeah. There's no swearing in it. It's all PG. That's fine. It's got to be more PG comedies. You can't have everything being, you know, porkies or whatever the hell. But, but, you know what but I mean? although it's not a sex comedy, and although it seems quite family friendly, underneath that, I always think with these films that there's an there's kind of an undercurrent of. I mean, this is basically ninety minutes of kind of fat jokes. Yeah, kind of fat shaming well, this jokes. Is, yeah. This is, but that's the sort of the times I think because it's yeah. ten years old. This film now it's two thousand eight, yeah. and I think that, that really wouldn't play today. I think there is some fact. There's not as many fat jokes as you'd think. There's there are they are in there, and there are one or two bully characters in there that pull on that, mm-hmm. and they go to that well a lot now and again. They <laughs> but, go to that fat well, yeah. 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 Um, but I, I think that, that now water retaining fat yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you go to that water retaining fat well. <laughs> And pulling some more water out of it. But yeah, I think that... Fatty water. I, think Fatty that, water. Yeah. I don't think I could imagine now any studio really going by going in for making a film that its primary source of comedy is fatness. I just don't <laughs> think it plays that well now, does it really? No, I, I don't think it plays... Well, the, the film made then plays well now either. Mm. There are characters that bully him and make poke fun at him for being fat. And you think, you're just a cunt. <laughs> like, <laughs> but at the same time... I think that Paul Blatter's character is is he's almost almost likable, almost likable. But then at times you think you need to pull yourself together, mate. Mm. So it's he's not really that likable for me. The film thinks he's super likable. Yes, yeah. the film no exists on the on the on the predilection, you know, on the premise that he is. I don't know. But that, like, I think that's a signature of Happy Madison films. Yeah, they always have. That guy who's super nice and super friendly, and, yet, and everyone likes like, him, yet he's not liked. Yeah, or something. It's like yeah. a weird sort yeah, of. Yeah, he's not. He's like he's, oh, everyone loves the wedding singer guy. I don't remember his name. Yeah, <laughs> but, but he's, nobody does. Yeah, but yeah. he's he, but he likes being the, the guy with no life, and he lives in his mm. mother's basement. And but he's not successful, but everyone loves him. Or he's just a cable guy that can walk into the White House because his mates the president. <laughs> You know, like yeah, it's yeah. just weird, like kind of universe yeah. where Joe Average is super likable as a character to watch, but everyone else around him is kind of oblivious to it. And Paul Blight is supposed to be that character in this film. I think it's that there's there's something. Um, so although they should be liked, I think what happens is the film shows you what they're really like. Yeah, and everybody else, the characters in the film just see the surface person. That's what yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. So we know because we're seeing this person's real life, that they are, you know, um, 
that they are worth loving. Mm. Right. You know, that they well, deserve, they, deserve that. And I see but the people in the film are kind of like, well, that's just a, yeah, a stupid fact. I see, I see your point. Yeah, but the thing is, if he didn't act like such a twat when he was at work, probably yeah. people would that see was, that. Because he, he, come, he comes across like, his job is the most important job in the world. Yeah, None of the true. other characters see yeah, that. If he, if, and he's annoying in that fashion because yeah. he thinks that what he's doing is serious. Yeah, because if Black Paul Cottmore, right, yeah. if he, if we if we saw that at home, he lives at home with his mum, he's got a daughter that he's bringing up on his own, right? And he's doing all this on his own and he's, you know, that, okay, that's, that's grounds for a good character basis of someone we're supposed to love, right, mm-hmm. as an underdog. But then when he goes to work, he's just good at his job and he's friendly to customers and he just go, he picks up litter and he's just a nice gentleman and he, you know and he does his job well. Then I would go, yeah, why? Do, why people are just looking at him because he's fat and no one sees past that, right? Mm. And that's that's a good underdog story. He's kind of a jerk, isn't but he? at work yeah. he's this officious. Yeah, yeah. When he yeah. gives the guy the ticket for and yeah, and you think yeah, the guy, he mm. gives the guy a ticket, doesn't he, for going too fast on a an old guy, yeah. an old guy in one, in one of those mobility Scoots. scooters. Yeah. He goes too fast and he tries to give him a ticket, and then he gets really up in his face when the guy ignores him. Yeah, mm. the old guy ignores him. You actually at that point he's a total yeah. Jerk and there's, there's bits yeah. in the film where it's like there's the officiousness of how he handles himself, and then there's like some sort of suggestion that he's. He's a good security guard, but he's not. There's a bit where he gets in a fight with a woman where he didn't, like, because that was his fault. Yeah. He's called a customer fat. Yeah. There's a bit later on where um, where he's supposed to be closing the mall. He's there playing fucking video games in an arcade <laughs> when things actually do go wrong. There's bits in the film where he shows that he's not actually very good at his job. Yeah. I know. So you I know, guess the film wants you to think that he's well-intentioned. Yeah. That he wanted to be a policeman and he's settling for, this is all he can do. Um, well, I think and maybe he's that. a bit full of himself because he's overcompensating because he's he knows he's a loser. Mm. That's kind of what you meant to. I know, yeah. but it didn't, I guess. it didn't work for me because we could do the plot now if you yeah, want. Yeah, I mean, no, actually, I don't want to. I'm going to stop you right there. Sure. Yeah. Before we do the plot. Okay. Because um, so we did. Our, we we heard. You know, you you let me know your choice for this episode. Yeah. Was going to be more um, black Paul Cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, I was surprised by right. by this choice. Sure, go on. So, because it's like you know, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not a fan, uh, really, of certainly not uh, later <laughs> right. uh, Happy Madison productions. Uh, but if I would have picked one to do, mm. uh, I would have picked Grown Ups too. Um, and I, but I wouldn't because I would get very angry whilst talking <laughs> yeah. about yeah. it. And nobody needs to hear me do another fucking rant at film and and call a bunch of filmmakers who I do not personally know the C word. Sure. So, <laughs> right. so, so, Nud, this begs the question, why? Why? Why um, Blart more Pocop Paul? I mean, to, to be honest with you, when you said you were going to do Paul, Paul Blart, 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 right. I thought, well, now it's... The first thing that went through my head was, oh no. I mean, I, I, I had never seen this all the way through. I think right. I've watched a couple of minutes of it. And the first thought through my head was, there is nothing worse than doing a bad comedy. Sure. 
Hang on, in my defence, right. you're the guy several times who said you wanted to meet the Spartans. Yeah, never have. Like, I've done movie thought 43. Yeah, but uh, never have. Never have, in my defence, never no, have. No, yeah, but you, can, you now and again keep to want to pull that trigger on that. Yeah. I just don't want to go down that route. I don't know what the name of those two guys are who make those fucking awful Next yearbook episode, comedies. Guys, meet the Spartans. No, no, never. <laughs> Those awful yearbook comedies, right? They are the, yeah. the, the very fucking tip tipping point of bad comedy, yeah. right? <laughs> nothing, nothing we talk about today. Happy Madison films are nothing compared to that shit. Than they did. Oh, Vampire Suck or Date Movie or what Epic it? Movie. Epic movie. movie. All, yeah, all the movie movies. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, anyway, right? Why so did you pick Black Paul Cotman? Blue Paul Blue. Mall pool, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it came down to something that basically like I said, at work, there's a guy who, me and him get along quite well, we have a similar sense of humour. He keeps referencing this movie all the time. And then so I have as well. And how does Except he in what way? In an aspirational <laughs> way. Yeah. Well, no, so like, if you really apply yourself, Lud, right. you could be just like Blart Mall Cop Pool. Exactly. Like, most of the jokes revolve around, like, basically, some, at some point or another, the film is referenced as a film that exists. We could be talking about anything, and then it's compar- compared to Paul Blart, more cool. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's just something that kept coming up, and I thought, okay, th- this is one of those films that I would never have watched in a million years. I know that one of our friends likes it. Not Colin. No, it's just so Not Colin. Colin. Okay. Dave. Dave. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember this film coming out, and... Dave, for some reason, likes it. I suspect it. Yeah. Dave models himself. A bit. Oh, no, I was just <laughs> going to say that. And I thought, actually, Dave's fucking huge, and I don't want to piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> but I can yeah. imagine... Dave's six foot eight. And... <laughs> I can imagine Dave on a, on a Segway um, uh, giving people some shit in a mall. No. I could see him. Yeah. I can, I can, I can see that. Mm. Um, so that's kind of why I picked it. Um, it's like he's Forrest Gump, isn't it? And I also... Paul <laughs> <laughs> Blart, more ball. But yeah. to your point, Scott, you said there's nothing worse than a bad comedy, mm. right? And I've heard that this was a bad comedy, mm. but I hadn't heard that it was a really bad comedy. Right, okay. right so Movie 43, when we did that, was a <laughs> fucking chore, right? <laughs> it was aggravating. Yeah. It, it, you're right, because a bad horror can be fun. Yeah. A bad action film, you can have a laugh with, yeah. right? Bad comedy is just bad. Oh, bad yeah. No one, no one wins with a bad comedy. <laughs> no one wins with a bad comedy. But I heard that this was kind of on the. This this wasn't necessarily. Well, it is a bad. It doesn't work as a comedy, but it's not a. It's not. It's not a film that just pisses you off. You just sort of watch it and go, "This is just shit." Right? <laughs> so I'm thinking that this could be the beginning of, of something else, which would be maybe doing some of the badder comedies. There's another one that we've talked about doing a few times, which would be Pixels, right? right? But I felt that this, maybe we just need to ease ourselves in here. Yeah. You know, like with a shoehorn, mm. right? Okay, or a butt plug. You start with something easy, right? <laughs> Paul Blart and Blart is much easier to deal with than something yeah. like Pixels, because I think Pixels is a far worse film. I agree. Just even the front cover of Jack and Jill makes me want to punch both I am never, hang on, I want to tell just, you now, I am just... never watching Jack and Jill. Uh, you can you can do it if you want, I won't be watching it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. So right. I, just, I just want to understand this analogy a little bit that sure. you just dropped on, on us. So if, if, if Maul, Blart, Cotpool 
Yeah, I like how you've got to think a lot about the. Yeah, yeah, well, we have because we try not repeat ourselves, <laughs> and I'm also trying not to say more core, which you just did because core is not a word in the title. Oh, I failed. Um, <laughs> you epic failed. If that's a butt plug, sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Start a butt plug. Then what is pixels? Well, well, that would be pixels. Is one of those vibrating ones that you have to, <laughs> that you have, that you have to sit on like a saddle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's at least two sizes too big. So that, for that analogy, I'm starting. I mean, I'm starting to wonder about this analogy. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know where that came from. These, year, these <laughs> year worrying. I'm just wondering what these yearbook films are in the terms of sex toys. Fucking <laughs> 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 they're, um, they're, they're the razor dildos from Seven. That's, that's, literally, what, <laughs> that's literally what I was going to say. Yeah, that is the yeah. That <laughs> really is <laughs> the most extreme of toys. Yeah. Um. I don't know where the hell we've gone with this conversation. No, we've gone down a dark place. <laughs> this is what this is what bad comedies do. To <laughs> we've literally gone down a dark hole. <laughs> <laughs> but we did mention movie forty three, which does have a relationship to this film. This film was directed by a guy called Steve Carr, and he directed one of the short stories in movie forty three. Which one? Which one do you think he directed? Based on Paul Paul Mull. Paul Blatt, Mull, Blatt. Yeah. Um, uh, superhero one. No. Um, I'm gonna say the periody one. No, neither of those. It was the one with Anna Faris and Chris Pratt. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, the shit. I was just gonna say that was really bad, but they were all really bad, weren't they? Really? Yeah, they were all bad. There was no real good ones in there. Well, maybe the basketball one. I didn't mind that. One. Eh, it's not a go bag. Yeah, <laughs> you can hear what we all thought about yeah, that. Yeah, Checking yeah. out that episode. Yeah. <laughs> hey, go back and check out our movie 43 episode. And while you're at it. Tell a friend to do it too. <laughs> oh God, no! Don't, <laughs> don't listen to that one. Don't start with movie forty-three. Um, should we go through the plot then? Please do. Go for right. It. Okay. Well, the movie. Five minutes later. Well, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so the film starts with a kind of Avengers-style kind of CGI pan over a macro of like a security guard's badge, isn't it? And it's got mm. all the dramatic right. kind of music and all that and. Adam Sandler's the producer, brilliant. Kevin James is in it, oh, not so good. Um, stars nobody else. You know, and then we get a bunch of titles. It then, we then get like a, a state trooper um, test course, isn't it? And he's there, Paul Blart, we get to meet him. And he's Kevin James, you know, he's standing there, he's a foot short than everyone else in the roll call. He's got hilarious sweat patches under both his man tits. <laughs> Um, and he's running at the camera, but not actually moving. There's a bit... I don't know. Anyway, he's doing the assault course, and apparently he's really fucking good. Yeah. He's doing the monkey bar bit. He's, he's walking, very capable. He's, he's jumping through all the tyres. He's doing all that. He's outpacing people. There's people falling off the logs. He's got to run down. He's, he's doing it all. And then there's a bit, which I didn't quite get, where he's he has to swing across a ravine on a rope. Yeah. He does that bit. And then he fucking backflips like Batman. <laughs> fucking lands on his feet. And he's like, yeah, like Zen. And then he runs the last stretch and then he collapses. So the film at this point makes the suggestion, which is not in anywhere else in the film, that even though, yeah, he's overweight and he's got what we'll find out to be hypoglycemia, that he's actually, he's the fucking athlete. Yeah. What? <laughs> where did that come from? And where does it go? Nowhere. <laughs> it's like, right? it's the dude, isn't it? He really yeah, it's is. the dude. Like, yeah. 
So yeah, he falls asleep like narcolepsy at the fishing fish, fishing line, fishing line, <laughs> the finishing line. Yeah, and it turns out, yeah, he's obviously because of that he's failed. Yeah, right? because so, of a medical condition. So yeah, so so he's he's now failed that course. Yeah, even in, yeah, in all of the ways he's Captain America. Yeah, yeah, except he's so, fat. He's I a mean, fat Captain if America. That course had been like twenty feet shorter, he'd have passed and then fell asleep. Yeah. So, so surely yeah. when you fill out the forms. You say any existing medical conditions, yeah. and if you've got something like mega hyperglycemia, yeah. where you literally fall asleep on a dime, yeah. it doesn't matter if you nail yeah, the fucking yeah. physical <laughs> test and the mathematic test and the the like psych test and all that stuff. If it says in your medical test you've got something that severe, you yeah. wouldn't get that job anyway. No. You wouldn't get that far. You wouldn't get to training. No, no. They, 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 they would not spend any money training somebody <laughs> that's got a pre-existing medical condition. Yeah, that prevents them from doing a job. That's. I mean, that's a not. It's a poor use of resources. And also, I want to have a, now a conversation about the title of the film, which apparently is "Cop Pull Blart Pull." Yeah, Pull Blart. And Pull Blart Pull Cop. Not a cop. <laughs> and they make it expressly, um, they make that point expressly, several points in the film, not a cop. So why is the film called Mark Paul Copball, whatever, yeah. whatever the fuck? Why is it called that? Mall what Blart, should Mall it be cop? called then? It should be called Paul Blart Mall Personnel. Because that's what he is. He's just a guy that works there. <laughs> right, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a bit in the film where they say, oh, he makes some bit, there's a bit in the film, we'll get to, I'm sure, where he meets a girl and he's trying to explain the difference between, oh, there's a big debate within the industry, as he keeps say, calling it, yeah. where it should be called officer or security or something like that. It's the she one says that, security guard and he says, no, 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 no technically officer, officer but yeah. then there's a debate at the moment. Yeah. Be, so nowhere, no point does he say, actually, I'm called mall cop. Mm. <laughs> mall detective. No, yeah, even yeah. he doesn't call himself a mall cop. Yeah. Um, so then we get to find out what, what his home life is like. And he lives at home with his mum. And they raise, they're both raising his daughter. It turns out the mum's scarpered off. She was an illegal immigrant. Uh, basically married, married to him. Yeah, got married for a green card. card. She got pregnant. She scarpered as soon as possible. Yeah. Leaving her daughter. Yeah. Okay, so she's not very nice. No, <laughs> we don't like her. But she's barely mentioned anyway, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, she's in there like one hilarious photo where they're sitting on a donkey and she looks completely bored, and they're both they're both fat people, yeah. right? So this is like, yeah, this is the first time we get a scene here where they're having dinner, where it's the, it's the first. Well, no, it's the, you know, technically the second fat joke of the film. Mm-hmm. So he's saying like that he's depressed, and he's uh, I'm sorry about the test, Dad. Oh yeah, no, you know whatever. Thanks for the sympathy. And then he's, there's a bit where the mum's like, oh. Um, something I could do to help me since about, about getting pie yeah it's one of the first jokes that yeah. I felt, felt completely flat yeah fat <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely flat where he says where she goes oh not, wouldn't even pie help goes no mum not tonight yeah. I'm only joking mum of course I want the pie yeah, yeah, yeah. you can also get the, the peanut butter as well peanut butter on the pie yeah, yeah. peanut butter on pie yeah, I can get yeah. some chocolate as well and some ice cream and just pile it all on there I just yeah. eat myself to death mm. like again like the guy from Seven um <laughs> And so yeah, there's a there's a joke there that's being made, um, yeah. And then they're talking about is there a bit where they talk about they bully him into making a dating profile because he said, "Oh, dad, a year ago today, or something like that, mm-hmm. um, you said that you were going to try and put yourself out there a bit more and meet someone." And 
bit, get more sociable, or something like that. I don't know what the yeah. conversation is. I didn't give a fuck, right? <laughs> and um, so they basically <laughs> they make him. They, they decide to make him a. Pro- he, he resists for some reason, and he says, "Right, I'm going to make a profile." So they're all in his bedroom and they're watching him. And then they make this profile. The mum fills it out, which I'm just like, "Oh, mate, no wonder you're fucking single." <laughs> Getting your mum to fill out your fucking profile for you, and they upload a video. Right, go. Oh, the, the ladies will love this video that you made a year ago or whatever. And it's like, fuck. Have you? Do you remember this bit? Mm, a fucking yeah. video he makes a montage video he makes of himself driving his Segway. Yeah, like a fucking clown, like driving up and down his own driveway doing stunts yeah. where he like leans with one hand and he looks at the camera with like the rock eyebrow, yeah. you know, and all this sort of stuff. And he jumps off it and does like. I don't know, like just some fucking stuff. And it's just like this is the cock blockiest video ever. <laughs> And later on, we'll find out that he's got no matches on it. I wonder why. <laughs> like, it's just, what? <laughs> like, they make the segue a big thing as well. Yeah. Um, so basically, he's, okay, so right, a fresh start, I guess, for Paul Blart, even though he's got the same job. I don't know. <laughs> the film suggests it's a fresh day. So he goes to work. He obviously doesn't drive, I guess, because of his medical condition. He's not allowed to drive. So he drives a Segway to work. I mean, the fucking Segway. He's pretty good on a Segway. Give him his due. Yeah, but... He's pretty good on a Segway, but yeah, Segway. But don't you think... I mean, I I think I thought the Segway was like kind of like a badge of this is his officiousness. Yeah. yeah. I think because it's, ridi- it's ridiculous This well. is his police vehicle. This is his police vehicle yeah. and it's a Segway. And I think that's part of this... Because at the, at the beginning of the film, we're going to establish that he's kind of a bit of an ass, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he's a bit of an officious security guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which doesn't really sit with, you know, with with, with the seeing him as a sympathetic, lonely guy, like mm. you've said. Yeah. But I think the segue is the, is the visual representation, like yeah. the shorthand for that, isn't it? Yeah. You know? yeah, it's the shorthand for that. But we talk about a lot of the jokes in the film are based around him being overweight, which gets boring quickly. The other part of it is his officiousness of the role is another running gag of the film. In the early first half of the film until stuff happens. Yeah. But another part of the film is it seems to take a lot of things we've seen in other films and it just makes it smaller. So he doesn't have a gun or, you know, he just he has his hand or his body language. He doesn't drive a car. He has a Segway. There's a bit where he drives... There's a bit in the film where it tries to do some sort of play on that giving a girl a ride on a horse for the first time or something, but, or a motorbike, but they do it on a Segway. And she's supposed to, and it's all, you know, like a play on that. <laughs> yeah. So it's all these things that they're trying to make it, the joke is that it's all small and pathetic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like his, his life is small and pathetic. So all the things he does, are uh, yeah. bigger things done smaller because he's just a pathetic guy. Yeah. And and this this whole thing is like this with the Segway. Um, and we also, what's one thing I noticed here, when he's driving down the street, there's a bit where he runs over a dog, so that's funny. Um, whilst, <laughs> um, whilst driving down the street on the Segway it, I noticed this it's like a, a kind of low budget version of ELO's Mr Blue Sky mm-hmm. but it's not ELO playing it and it just made me chuckle that we've got this comedy that it was made for a lot of not very much money do you know how much it was made for? Can I have a guess? Yeah, yeah I have a guess let's have a guess let's play that game uh, well, what's not much in 2008? Uh, 20 million. Mm. I don't know, because it is a Happy Madison production. You would, have thought, you would have thought expensive, but because you said it's not much, 
I'm going to go for less than that, and I'm going to say seven and a half. Fucking hell, mate. No, no, you did say Phil. You did no, say it you was can't yeah. make a Phil. No, it was 20, 28. Right. Okay. Hey, I was, it was yeah. pretty yeah. close. Check yeah. to check to check. Pretty close. Well, who got that money then? Well, Adam Sandler, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Just for being the producer. You I want think. to put my production company logo on it, you pay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so 28 million they made it for. Um, we'll talk at the end about how successful it was. Um, was it very? We'll talk at the end. We'll talk at the end. I'm discussing the plot. Although we did go on a tangent there. <laughs> uh, so now we get to see Paul Blart in his job. <laughs> He's looking all sad now. Scotty, <laughs> don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. Don't worry, we'll find out how much it made. Don't worry, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're out of the part where we see Paul Blart in his job. Yeah, so yeah we, no, see him, we see him there. He's just ri- checking you're still on board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's riding around on his Segway. He's um, nodding, being nice to people. There's a bit where he picks up someone's shopping bag and gives it to them. Oh, thanks. And they all look at him like, oh, what a nice guy. Mm. And then you'll get a bit where he does something like a knob, where he's just like, he he just pulled over an old person and stuff like that. But we see him here. He's equal parts nice guy mm. to people. Then we see equal parts of him being officious. Yeah. And then, and then, um, and then, we, then we cuts to him creepily stalking a, a new girl, a, a stall, yeah, one of the stalls, yeah, a little bit, because that could quite a little bit. There's a bit in a minute where yeah. he goes yeah. to the security room, watches her yeah, on the camera. Yeah, it's a bit, and I just it's, it, at that point you could quite easily have turned this into a thriller. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. 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 This could have gone one-hour photo very yeah. easily. <laughs> yes, it really yeah. could have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's just a nice guy. Yeah, (laughs) everyone trusted Paul Blart. Paul Blart. Till one day he snapped. (laughs) Turns out he was. Yeah, this could all be a projection. He was the one who held up the whole mall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's on this particular day. He goes to the security room, um, and by the way, one of the guys working there is um, I don't know his name, but he's in pretty much every single one of Adam Sandler's films. He's he's the, the guy who's the other security guard is pretty much there. Yeah, what the guy who's actually in charge of the place, or not the old oh, the, guy, right. not the old guy who's running, who's like kind of their boss, the nice oh, guy boss. Okay, right. I mean the other security guard who's just like, why can't you just punch in and go on like everyone else? Right, yeah, yeah, he's been, he's pretty much in. He must be like Adam Sandler's best mate. Right? Right. He's in every one of his films. <laughs> um, it turns out they've got a new guy starting there, mm-hmm. whose name I didn't not uh, know down. Now I'm, gonna so I'm just going to call him the newbie. Yeah, okay. Because who cares? Yeah. Um, and he's got to train this guy up. And it's just a continuation of the joke that Paul takes everything too seriously. So they sets him up with his segue. goes, make sure you touch the plaque at the top of the door when you go out, which is protect and serve or um, yeah. observe. Observe and, and report. Observe and report, which is all they can do. Um, and there's a bit where they're talking about so why did you start the job? What was what was what drew you, drew you to it? Was the perks? Was it the women? Was the attention? Like mm-hmm. now I dropped out of high school, you know. And it's just yeah, cause that's what security guards are, right? Okay, that's the joke, mm. right? Security guards are pathetic, yeah. Right? Security Get on guards. board with the jokes, right? Yeah, Otherwise you're not really laughing. Yeah, because security guards are not cops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so they're driving through the corridors, blah, blah, blah. And then this is where we get the bit where, one of the first bits where I just started thinking, yeah, Paul Blart is not really that likeable. I would not like this guy in real life. Yeah. Is where he pulls over, pulls over, for fuck's sake, yeah. the old man in the scooter. Yeah. And tries to give him a speeding ticket. Not even a ticket, just a citation. 
Mm. What a jerk. But it's just, it's, he does the whole thing, doesn't he? Where he goes, sir, pull over on the radio, and the, like, like you're in a car and a motorbike. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. we get it. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. This is so funny. They've taken that whole scenario and transposed it into a security guard in a mm. mall. Brilliant. This is hilarious. And then, so he gets off his Segway, and he does a slow meander, doesn't he, where he's looking around like he's a fucking sheriff of Little Town or whatever, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, then, and, then he's, and then the old man's like, what's wrong? You know, like apathetic, yeah. like, what's wrong? He goes, you were driving recklessly back there. So he goes, you, are you serious? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it turns out he is being serious, and we have to watch this yeah. for a couple of minutes where, quite rightly, the old man just wants to drive off and ignore the guy who's just being yeah. an old, basically. And this is my first bit where I started thinking... What they're doing with the character for me is is not working. Mm. I'm supposed to be liking this guy. He's the main character of the film. But this is just one of a few examples where I'm like, you're not good at your job. And you're, you're a bit of a knob. Yeah, because they're trying to make him likeable. And what they should have done is cut that and actually made him probably not more apathetic to the job than everyone else, mm. but at least as apathetic. So it's you like see, he's here and I'm just see, doing everything. If they make him... So, Happy Gilmore is about an asshole yeah. Yeah. who learns not to be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? In fact, a lot of Adam Sandler's early films are about assholes who learn not to be assholes. Mm. And the problem I've got with this is it's a bit of a halfway house. If he would, was about an asshole who then has to actually do the job he wishes he had, mm. and in doing that learns to not be an asshole, that's an arc. Mm. Yeah. yeah? But what we've got here is a guy who's actually... A nice guy underneath it all, yeah. we're meant to believe, who acts like an asshole, who then, when he ends up doing the job he actually wants to do, which is saving them all, just stops being an asshole. And then at the end, when it's all done, he goes back to pretty much being who he was before. Yeah, no, so, no learning curve. So there's no learning curve there. And also, like you say, we're meant to buy that he's nice and root for him, even though he really doesn't start paying any dividends for that until the second half of the film. Mm. Yeah. You know, he doesn't start earning our, you know... Yeah. It's a really weird kind film. Of, feels like a graph. Yeah. He'll be like, he's nice, we're meeting his family, great. He, okay, I get this, so I get where we're going. There's no white guy that people overlook for his looks. Yeah. And he, he's, he's a good dad and he looks after his mum and all that stuff. And then we see him at his job and it's like, oh, okay, he's a bit officious, isn't he? Mm. Oh, now he's basically harassing an old man. Mm. Why am I liking this guy exactly? Yeah. And the film kind of does that. Yeah. yeah. Until it gets to be diehard and then you're supposed to just suddenly root for him because he's... <laughs> he's <laughs> he never gets to be diehard. Well, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's... But, you know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah. The, the film... I don't know. I don't know what really I'm supposed to be doing. I don't like the character. I don't hate him either. He's just a guy I'm watching. The graphic calls out to zero. The next scene we get is him kind of sort of getting up the courage to talk to the girl, this girl at this um, like hair extensions. So this is this is fun. Uh, I should just say because this is but this is the the moment. This is my, my wife's only contribution to <laughs> right. the bad movie vaults we, we, we do for about five or six years is I'm watching Paul Blart, Paul Blart, and she's reading a book. And actually, you say there was nobody else in it but Kevin James, but we recognised a few people in it, and one of the people we recognised was this girl, her name's Gemma, the actress is called Gemma Mays, and she was in Glee for two or three years. I used to watch Glee with my missus, so we know okay. who she is. Right. So when she appears in the film, my missus glances over <laughs> and, and says something, I'm paraphrasing, but 
She says something like, fuck me, that's a terrible wig. And I thought, wow, this is my wife's first contribution to the bad movie Vogue's ever. And actually, it's not a bad one because, fuck me, the woman was wearing a terrible wig. And I was like, yeah, that's really, because her hair looks nothing like that. And you can even see the, the top of her forehead. It's clearly she's wearing a wig, like yeah. a really bad wig. You know, not like they have cosmetically tried to make it look like her hair. But it's, it's just a really bad wig. Mm. Yeah. And then two minutes later, we realise it's a wig shop. Right. And uh, she is wearing a wig because right. she. we see her, when he looks at her on a security camera, she's got short, dark hair. Yeah. And that's a wig because she takes that off and she's got her normal hair underneath. Really so nice. I'm just saying it's a shame that my wife's first ever <laughs> contribution was, the fault was actually of the not a fault of the film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because she runs a wig store. Right. That's a shame. It's because it was a good effort because I was like, yeah, that wig stinks. I'm going to mention this to the guys and we can all have a big laugh (laughs) about the shitty wig. And it's like, well done, Sarah, for spotting the wig. Because I might not know. I'm a guy. I don't know fucking wigs. I'm a bald guy. Wigs? Wigs? What? What? Anyway, um, turns out, yeah. You fell for the joke. Sto- a story beat. Um, yeah. I, it wasn't a joke, let's be clear. Mm. It was maybe a stu- Was it? Well, it, it was it, fairly pointless. John, is anything in this film a joke? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. I don't know where the crying starts and the laughter ends. I don't know where. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we get to meet her. Her name's Amy. She runs a wig shop, stall thing. Um, and Paul Blatt's built up the courage to talk to her. And he's just, like you do in these awkward jokey bits he's blabbering on he wants to buy his hair does hair he extensions. buy a wig what yeah he, he buy buys a hair extension for volume yeah. or some shit yeah um, but forget all that shit because it doesn't really matter it's just, it's just him meeting the love interest of the film right and that's boring anyway um, what we get interrupted by is Douchey McDouche some guy again can't remember his name I don't care right oh Stuart I wrote it down <laughs> right um, he's a pen salesman or some oh god shit yeah. Just a rubber-faced guy. Yeah, I mean, part of the problem with the film is I think everyone plays it very pantomiming. Yeah. Even the straight characters. So, Douchey McDouche plays it very pantomiming. But actually, I also think the girl... Amy. Amy, with her big eyes yeah. and big expressions, is playing the film very pantomiming. Yeah. You know, everyone's playing it big, like too big, really, because... Blart needs to be the big character. Nobody else needs to be. Yeah. Um, and actually, everybody in the film, from you know Bobby Cannavale to the the guy, the the, the newbie security guy. Yeah. I think everyone's playing it really broad and pantomime. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Just in the way they are, they just yeah, overreact a bit. Like the the daughter. Oh, it's a bit. It's all rah rah rah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. You know, yeah I know really lively and. In fact, we know who she is because she's from the Disney Channel. And you, and when you look at her, you can imagine that she's from the Disney Channel because she acts like somebody on the Disney yeah, Channel acts. like a child actor. Like who, really, but really too much. Yeah. Like a child actor who's like dialing up to 11. Acting. Mm. Acting all the time. Acting. Yeah. Not, not just, you know, real life acting. And um, we get to meet him. He basically says, Paul Blart, you're fat. No one likes you. In so many words. I can't remember the exact conversation, but that's what he does. He's the douchey guy who comes in, and he's after Amy as well. He's trying to get with her. So he's basically just cock-blocking Paul Blart, isn't he? He's saying, look, fatso, go do some 
fat detective work. I don't know what he says to him. That's a better line than the line in the film. It probably is. That was not a bad line. Yeah. Um, And then Paul Blart gets called to Victoria's Secret um, because there's uh, some domestic... For, I think, probably the second most awkward scene in the film. This this bit, I, I thought, right, we're still we're still working out how Paul Blart does his job, which so far isn't very well, right? Because he just takes it way too seriously, yeah. And he he treats it like he's a real cop in a, in a mall. Yeah, we did it, all right, we did it. And now we and now we get the the bit first bit in the film where he really does show that. Well, no, the second bit because the old, first bit was with the old man. Yeah. This bit, I was just convinced. Yeah, not only are you do you take this too seriously and you put on a facade that you're a cop, right? Mm. But now you really are shit at your and job. And you make things worse. Because he goes in to Victoria's Secret and there's one bra left that yeah. two women want. Yeah. Right? Two very differently sized women. Yeah. Well, I thought yeah. this as well. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that's What bra... universe does this one bra yeah, fit? fit both of these women. One woman who's quite sl- reasonably sort of normal build, slightly slender. Yeah. Right? With a chest. Right? And then on the other side, you've got a woman who is... She is overweight, right? right? I would say overweight, right? Not offensively overweight. I'm yeah. not saying she's fat or obese or anything like that. She's just an overweight person, right? right? But for some reason, there's bra fits and both. Right. Cool, right? They're arguing. But that's it. that's that's the quality of Victoria's Secret. Uh, probably, I don't know. I don't like wigs. I don't know bras very well. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> they're right away. I don't really understand the idea. Are they like heavily elasticated? Then I don't. I assume, that's what I'm saying. I assume so. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you do have at least the misses. So this is product placement, isn't right. it? This is, yeah. this is them saying. Everything fits all at Victoria's Secret. <laughs> yeah. size fits all. <laughs> but Paul Blart, he basically takes the um, overweight lady to one side yeah. and says, listen, we're all on, me and you, we're on the same page here, right? We're I, blah, 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 yeah. we're both fat. Right? I understand you feel like dead inside because we're both really fat and I feel that way yeah. too. <laughs> but, you know, you don't need to buy the bra. Just, you know, go get another bra or something. And then she quite rightly says, did you just call me fat? Because that's very offensive, unprofessional, and I'm now going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. But which is a slight overreaction, I would say. Yeah. Oh, it's a slight overreaction, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I can understand. I, I, her I would, as being a, annoyed, if someone in a shop was said to me in one way or another, um, "You're fucking ugly, aren't you?" Or um, <laughs> I think I think bald people are twats, or whatever. That, if someone made a personal comment about how I looked, I don't think I'd, I would be out of my rights. To be very fucking angry and lose my temper, <laughs> be, throwing a punch is different. Right? <laughs> but yes, I would lose my shit if someone in a shop made a personal comment but like what that. What actually happens in Paul Blart? Blart. Well, blah. he says, "Look, we're both fat." She says, "Right, okay. Can you just hold these?" She gives him, passes him her earrings, and he goes, "Yeah." And then she clubs him right around the fucking face. <laughs> they That's then, what yeah, and then they end up. Basically, they have a like what I would describe as a fat fight. Where the where the fight is comical, yeah, that has been designed to be comical because of their size, yeah, which yeah. is pretty horrific. And it's just a basic yeah. wrestling match, isn't because it? Because it's yeah. a wrestling match, but she he pulls her top over her head or something. Yeah, that's right. He? She bites his neck, and oh, it's horrible. <laughs> and then and they basically just wrestle around a bit. He's screaming like a girl, saying "Back up, back up!" But his part, his noob partner, yeah. is just standing there wondering what the fuck is he watching, like I am. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's how it ends. The scene sort of ends with him screaming for backup, and then he cuts to them driving down a corridor on their segways. He's got cotton wool up his nose, hasn't he? Because and he's been beaten up a bit. Yeah. And he goes, you know, I thought it was pretty common knowledge that if I shout backup, I need backup. 
Right? <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, yeah. The, um, the, the bit when he's standing there and he says, I'm going to have to put you under arrest. And she says, you can't do that. Yeah. You're a security guard. And he says, I could put you under citizen's arrest. And the woman behind the till says, anyone can do that. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of trivia here. The woman behind the counter is Adam Sadler's oh, wife. yes. I read that too. But yeah. I can't. Uh, yeah. But he didn't she, care. Uh, <laughs> but he didn't care. I read that. Does that make her a Hopkins? Yeah. I no, I know the Hookins. Right. The Hookins is coming up. There is a Hookins in this film. Okay. Oh, was there? Okay, because yeah. I would have said that. Is that it Hookins or Hookins? Hookins. Hookins, right. Will you get it correct? Hookins. <laughs> so, anyway, more Black Paul Cop um, gives Amy a lift on a on his Segway uh, when she finishes her shift. And this is where we get the hilarious bit again where we take a, a scene you've seen in something else and you transpose it into his little pathetic life yeah. where he gives her a lift through the shopping mall on a Segway. Yeah. And she's like, Looking like it's like a bit in Titanic at the front of the ship. That's what I mean about the phantom army thing. Yeah, she's, and she's, she's googly eyed, isn't she? Oh. I've never been on a Segway before. That being said, though, with his officiousness, when she says to him, um, "Are we allowed to do this?" and he says, "No." Yeah, but the, yeah. the film needs to do a funny scene. <laughs> yeah. So the officiousness, yeah. sort of, like in a lot of things in these sorts of films, comes and goes when it pleases. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he's no, this is where he's bending the rules, Scott. He's learning to you know loosen up a bit. Yeah. Right? This is his arc. This is his arc, right? There was no this arc. Right? <laughs> was no no arc. arc. He loosened I'm up. Sorry, no, I stand by that. <laughs> Don't um, you tell me there's a fucking arc in this film. <laughs> and there's a little pool bit here, a little bit of an exposition here. Um or sorry, so should I say foreshadowing. Um they go to her car and she's got a cool um is it a Mustang she mm. drives. Yeah. Um, and he drops her off there and he says okay good uh, have fun with your, whatever you do tonight she goes oh we're all going to drinks tonight are you coming along he's like oh uh, yeah of course I got invited because everyone's always inviting me more cop Paul Blart because I'm the fun guy yeah I'm the fun guy everyone loves me yeah. so it cuts to him going to the party uh, which is a, again it's setting them all like everything is in this fucking film right um, where it's like this American kind of like, I don't know what it is. It's like a kind of West, old-timey Western diner Sorry, place. One of those, one of those yeah. sorts of places. Yeah. What's the fucking jacket he turns up wearing? <laughs> oh, with the studs on, like a leather thing. What, what, what is on. that? What is that joke? He turns up in a shit and no jacket. No one else yeah. looks like that, so he hangs it up sheepishly. But why did like, he, what, what was he thinking? Like he was what? expecting everyone to be... Levered le- up. Well, le- levered I up. I think Aaron expected... What party was he thinking he was going to? He thought it was a breakdance to... Pie. <laughs> I don't understand. So did he sort of weird blouse on type thing? But this is a bar in his mall. Did he think he was going to a biker like, club? Like it would be like it might have been funny if she'd said, "I'm going to the drinks," and he said, "Yeah, I already know about it." And she said something like, "It's at the, it's at the Western Bar." Yeah. But it, but it's just one of those bars that has a Western feel, and yet, and he walks in like a cowboy outfit or something, yeah. and he's misinterpreted what she meant by you know that's a joke. Yeah. But when when he comes in with like a weird jacket on and then takes and, then, and he and shit, takes gets the shits and takes it off quickly, mm. weird. I'm like, what? I don't. What was that joke there? What What's was, the joke? Yeah. If he realises it's a shit jacket, what? Why did he buy it in the first place? Yeah. Why did he what? buy it? I get he might have bought a shit jacket, but he's obviously aware enough about the jacket to be embarrassed to be wearing it when he arrives. So why does he wear, <laughs> wear it? Why does he wear it? Why does he wear it? And also, like I said, this is a bar in his own mall, so surely he understands the kind of patronage in the bar and what exactly. It is. 
Give it the jacket to the Goodwill. <laughs> Burn the jacket. Don't do get, anything. Get rid of it. the jacket. It doesn't work. Turn <laughs> it into two other jackets for other people. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so this is where we get a scene where he's where he's he's trying to socialise with the people he works with, and we get the impression he's not done this. He doesn't do this really ever. Um, and he's there, and he, he talks to Amy a bit. Again, douchey pen salesman turns up, and he's like, oh. Paul Blart, you're fat, aren't you, again? Still, <laughs> you're still, still fat. You're still fat. Why, why haven't you lost the weight? Why don't you um, go away or something? You know, and it's just that kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. the kind of cock-locking kind of put-downs. And it's like you say, I mean, violence is never the answer, but you sort of feel like violence <laughs> might be the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going to start losing some teeth in a minute. Yeah, because yeah, violence might actually be the answer. But the other thing is as well, that every time he makes these put-downs to Paul Blart in front of Amy, she clearly does not enjoy seeing Paul Blart being put down. Mm. But he continues on. He goes on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't stop. Doesn't miss a beat. Um... <laughs> And then the film... And how does he think that looks, makes him look... I know. Yeah. This is the yeah. other thing I don't understand about movies. Yeah. Like this. It's like, no one trying to impress a girl. Surely a normal person would not put somebody else down to try and impress somebody who's clearly uncomfortable. Yeah. And the, and the thing is that, that this, these characters constantly do this stuff in these yeah. films. Constantly. Yeah. They have no self-awareness at yeah, all because they're like pantomime characters. Yeah. And then the film just sort of, I felt for me, from an editing point of view, just suddenly shifted to an eating contest. So yeah. They're at the same bar. It's in the same place. There's um, a black guy there who's also, he's very overweight, who's <laughs> his mate. It works in one of the other stalls that he knows, Paul Blart. Oh, yeah. And suddenly we cut to them being involved in an eating contest with like, plates and nachos. That was it, yeah. But for me, that just came out of nowhere. But then the film sort of suggesting that Paul Blart wants to improve himself and he wants to be a better person, yet he's getting involved in eating contests. Mm. He's playing into his like like his character type. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Um, this is where we get our uh, hookings of the film, which is Eric Avari, who's the guy who runs the oh right yeah, yeah. who runs the um, the shop stall. The, the phone, the, um, it's a phone, phone stall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. he's been in like the Mummy and yeah, in a yeah, few yeah. bits. You'd you'd half recognise him. He goes, oh, that guy. It's that guy. That guy. Yeah. You know the one. And I didn't know his name. I had to look up on the No, I don't know. No, he just told me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Um, Eric Avari. Eric Avari. And as they're eating, Paul Blart starts getting the sweats because the chilies and the nachos are hotter than yeah. he thought they were going to be. Mm. Right. So, he so suddenly, he's never eaten chilies before. So he suddenly needs a drink. Right. And again, you know, don't. I don't want to be that guy, but he doesn't look like he's never eaten chilies before. No. I'm sure he's probably eaten nachos. No, but I mean, if but the thing that the film suggests is that this is something they do, like a ritual. Like yeah. Eric Avari is always adjudicating the classic <laughs> Paul Blart versus the other guy, like eating contest. Oh, well, we do Paul this every Blart Friday. Never gets invited to anything. So this so. is what I don't understand. So, but they make happen. But like, it seems like there's established rules. Like they know what they're doing. Yet Paul Blart starts immediately shitting himself. Well, not literally. <laughs> but starts like, like, to, like going red in the face because he's eating some chilies. I just and then don't what happens get. is he just doesn't he just grab a picture of something? Yeah, he's just like, oh, I need some lemonade. The table, like you wouldn't do. Yeah. Any, any, no matter how burning your mouth is yeah, you, you wouldn't drink somebody else's drink in a bar you would go to the bar and buy a drink yeah I mean no who does but, this I, but he grabs yeah. the picture of someone's table and just swills it all oh, yeah, no, it's so ridiculous but it's 
it's all there so he can get drunk because it turns out it's not lemonade, it's margaritas he's been drinking. Yeah. And, and I never drink. And I never drink because I've got hypoglycemia and alcohol turns to sugar. Yeah, right. So he gets drunk in a very quick montage of him. In five in, minutes. In five minutes he's, well, yeah, I guess if you're teetotal, if you're hypoglycemic, it might have more of a strong reaction. But what the film kind of tries to do, I think, is it's trying to demonise alcohol because it doesn't seem so much that he's drunk. It's like he's on drugs. Right. Because he just flat out fucking reacts like a lunatic. Yeah. I think this is the most horrible scene in the film. Yeah. I think uh, it's totally out of place so in the whole movie. Paul Blart, drunk cunt. He should should have, have, this should have happened point. just before the uh, place got overrun with... Baddies. Sure, because yeah. it, 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 it puts him out of favour with everyone. It's his lowest point. Yeah, right. And but actually, he needs to redeem himself. He could have, been, he could have fallen asleep drunk, and then he wakes up, and the place is taken over, and he's got to redeem himself. That's much better. That's mm-hmm. so much better. Than this. You just right. made this film at least seven and a half percent better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks. Um, and yeah, so this whole bit is just a bit where he gets drunk, he hits on Amy. In a really horrible way. It's a horrible scene. Yeah, and she's just awkward, and it's just that thing where it's the worst nightmare of you getting drunk. You just hit on the girl you like, and you just say all the wrong things, and you're sleazy, and you're horrible. He's blown it. He's blown it. And then he just, I don't know, I just think this just comes across like they're, they're, like I said, they're demonising, because it's a family film, they're demonising alcohol abuse, and he's coming across as, like, he's on fucking drugs. Because he's flat out tripping, balls. Right? And he's smack, he like doesn't he like grab the mic off of the guy who's singing in the bar and he's yelling and shouting and karaoke. I don't think that that's the reason they do scenes like this, though. They're not trying to demonise alcohol. That might be how it comes across. Yeah, but it, they no. just want to write, you, you know, the, 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 what they think is funny that they can get away with yeah. in a not R-rated comedy. Yeah. So they just they just want a scene where well, maybe, he fucks around. Well, maybe demonising is wrong, but to me it felt like the way he, he acts as a drug character feels me more to me like he's on drugs. Mm. Oh, totally. It doesn't it's seem... Crazy. It's mental. He, he's jumping through windows. If you got that drunk that quick, you'd fall asleep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. But he gets so drunk, he, he pushes someone off the stage and he just flat out jumps through a window. I mean, as it turns out later, he also gets tattoos. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, also, the guy who was singing, the guy with the comb over and the stringy hair, mm. who looks like Bill Bailey, mm. um, is Kevin James's brother, apparently. Oh. So there you go. So okay. a little bit of fun trivia for there, if you're playing along at home. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Did you look all this shit up? I, when the film was playing, I was trying to do anything else but actually watch it. One of them to look up. I understand The there. trivia list on IMDb for this film is very short. It's probably about eight points. I was right. like, oh, okay, I can half remember that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he's now he's at his lowest ebb, but it's not really in the right place. Um, so it cuts to Thanksgiving, which is the day before Black Friday in America, mm-hmm. and basically Black Friday. Interestingly, I didn't know Black Friday had been around this long. Yeah, Black so Friday has been a thing in America for years. Been a, yeah, a lot in America. Yeah, interesting. It's only recently come here. Yeah, yeah, so when I watched this, and this was what two thousand and eight or something. Yeah. yeah. I thought the most interesting thing I took out of it was <laughs> Black Friday's been going for like 10 or so years at least. Yeah. Because yeah. it's been going long enough for it to be a thing in this film. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, Ooh, that's interesting. That's and, Bla- and Black Friday is a thing in shopping malls, which, you know, for a long time it wasn't here. It was just an online thing. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that happened. Weird. Didn't, 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 um, didn't realise that. Okay. Hmm. 
Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so Paul, so it's Thanksgiving evening. Paul Blart, Paul Blart is at his lowest ebb. He's depressed. He's really depressed now. He doesn't even want pie. That's how depressed he is. Yeah. Okay, another fat joke for you then. Yeah. Right? A, fat, a fat person who doesn't want pie when they're depressed. Fucking hell. Paul <laughs> Samaritans. Um, and, and as I've written here, Thanksgiving, Paul Blight is depressed, and he should be. No, yeah. ma- no online matches on the website, and no one loves him. Yeah. <laughs> right. At this point, I'm actually starting to like this film bit more because this guy's actually more pathetic than me. So that cheered, <laughs> oh, cheered me up quite come a lot. On, don't do that. Cheered Scott. me up quite a lot. Cheap shots <laughs> got to get some little sympathy from yeah. our fans. Well, it worked. I got an arm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But he um, he goes to his bedroom, doesn't he? After a dinner, and he sit. He puts. He actually puts on a tape with sad, plinky, plonky <laughs> yeah. piano music on it. Plinky, plonky. What's Melton John? Yeah. yeah. And then he sits there at his uh, little computer desk with his computer from twenty years ago. Goes on to the website, perfect match or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. and it says zero matches. And then he just sits there and starts crying. What a pathetic little loser! Because <laughs> um, he gets the the only the, the only thing he's got to show that anyone likes him is a receipt from Amy, where she'd written her name in the bottom corner with a smiley face. Yeah, uh, at least she wrote. He cries over a receipt. What a loser! <laughs> um, and then his daughter comes in and says, oh, don't worry, Dad. People people will see through, you know, and see through the despite surface. Despite you, yeah. people might despite like Despite through yeah. the layers yeah, of despite. fat. And despite the layers of, like, insufferable personality that you put <laughs> up in front of people. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe someone yeah. might give you the benefit of the doubt for five minutes to, like, maybe see something in you that might be able to tolerate you for more than 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's basically what she says. <laughs> like, that's coming from his daughter. Maybe you'll come across someone who's at such a low ebb that they'll yeah. literally settle for anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. And you will be that anything. <laughs> and you'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. You'll be more than ready because you've been waiting for it your whole life. <laughs> um, so Black, Black Friday happens, which apparently is a major big thing, Right. It's Black Friday, right? It's oh, the yeah. biggest shopping day of the year. And this is the time of year, really, you can shoot with a mall cop. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, it's, there are murders on Black Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People actually get assaulted and stabbed yeah, over yeah. plasma TVs, yeah. right? If you need a mall cop yeah. or mall personnel, yeah. today's the day. Yeah. But it seems to me it's not really that busy. Mm. <laughs> it just seems like another shopping day to me. There's no one, like, running through the... Corridors. There's no yeah. comedy scenes with people fighting over tellies or anything. I don't understand why well, they didn't do that. I mean, because mm. the thing, the weird thing about this film as well is it doesn't show Black Friday. It shows towards the end of Black Friday. Mm. It doesn't seem like it's been pandemonium. I think to, certainly to an audience in the UK at the time this film came out, that wouldn't have made any sense at all. Mm. Because what? because there's nothing there to suggest why. That Black Friday is a thing. Like yeah. it's, the whole point of them robbing the mall on Black Friday is to make the most money because yeah. you know it's that's the when they're taking the most money. Yeah. But but I don't think that's very clear. And like you say, there's no montage of like crazy shoppers no. or crowds of people or this this sort of Black Friday stuff you think of. Yeah, you think of people fight like yeah, put, the doors opening and people yeah. put, literally pushing, running, stampeding over other people. Yeah. yeah, all that shit. All that crap. Mm. So, Black Friday's going on. Paul Blart builds up the courage again to reapproach Amy and apologise. And they kind of make up in a way. She keeps saying, oh, text me. She gave 
him her number earlier, and mm. but he doesn't have a mobile um, or a cell phone, as they call it. But you know, he decides that he needs to get a cell phone, right? Because Amy keeps saying, "Text me." He's like, "I really need to maybe, you know, get with it in some way. Mm. Maybe I should actually start, you know, doing something about this." So he gets a, a mobile phone from Eric Tazari, mm-hmm. and he it basically turns out it's Eric Tazari's daughter's yeah. old phone. Yeah. And he has confiscated it from her because he doesn't like her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And she keeps ringing her boyfriend. Yeah. Or her boyfriend keeps ringing her. Yeah. So, that's right. So, to, uh, this uh, Eric Varian doesn't actually run a phone stand then. He, he does. Goes, he does. So why does he give him his daughter's phone not, instead of I don't selling think he him a phone? To, don't he doesn't like him enough to give him some stock. No, why would he sell him a phone? Surely that's the thing you would do as a, as a store owner. If someone came up to me and said, hey, I'd like to buy you know, a Blu-ray, I wouldn't say, well, here's a Blu-ray I've got. Just, just take it. <laughs> just borrow yeah. that to yeah, see if you like borrow that see, see if you, you like, like the experience of Blu-rays see if you like Blu-rays and if you do then come back and maybe I'll sell you something then no just sell them a Blu-ray or maybe like oh see you're looking at other phones well seeing as you mate I'll knock some money off but yeah. you still need to buy one you can't do a hilarious joke later yeah. in the film can you where, where the boyfriend rings him yeah or, or indeed you can't do that or indeed anyway <laughs> You can't do that, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Right. Anyway, in the mean, meanwhile, whilst Paul Blart's... In the meanwhile. In the meanwhile, <laughs> whilst Paul Blart, Cockpool, is um, being distracted by trying to sort things out with Amy, turns out some tattooed guys are creeping around the mall in overalls. Fiddlesticks. And they're, like, opening electric boxes and stuff, and doing things and setting up little weird sensors and cameras yeah. don't know what they're doing it's probably fine yeah. um, but you know they're bad yeah. you know they've got tattoos yeah. I think yeah. we know exactly what they're doing yeah. I, I think the film signposted this <laughs> yeah this no no no. this is right about now where they literally start turning up there's, there's no mm. real signposting that something's going to happen it's literally some people start fidgeting around doorways and tampering with stuff but yeah, so no, what else is going to fill the second half of this film if this don't happen um, not much exactly <laughs> yeah. is that signposting it yeah, up yeah there needs to be an event that causes Paul Blart to redeem himself yep does he need uh, redeeming or growing I don't know does he he needs redeeming maybe not really he did sort of with the drinking thing what he needs he's to kind do he's been a hero he wishes he was yeah so mm. this was pretty signposted, I would say. <laughs> Fair if the second half of the film hadn't been about robberies in the mall, uh, I don't know what it would have been yeah. about. Quite Fair frankly, enough. yeah. Imagine what that. else would imagine it have been that about? ninety minutes of him just doing a job, <laughs> just twaddling around. Yeah. Imagine the second half was him just twaddling around like he did in the first half. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine how fucking annoyed and pissed off you'd be at forty minutes <laughs> when it became obvious that yeah, the second half was just more twaddling around? I, you know what? Now, the more yeah. you say it, the more I want to see that version of the film. <laughs> <laughs> well, just stop it at that point. Rewind and start again. Play it again. <laughs> yeah, they just cut the credits in on the end. Yeah. Um, and then, as this is sort of going on in the background, and Paul Blast distracted, he gets distracted again when the owner of the arcade in the mall asks him to close up shop whilst he goes and gets his photos printed. Yeah, again, I mean, I know well, he's what, a security what, guard. Decade, yeah, what, what, when does a security guard close a shop? The shop owner's yeah, responsible Yeah, but part of this whole thing is that he's a nice guy and people know him and friendly with him. 
and he's just the kind of guy who would just help out he friends. Just help you out when yeah. he, yeah. you know, even though he's a kind of a twat. Even though he's an officious he, prick. So he definitely he, would not so close a shop help, for somebody. He helps people out, and people can ask him for a favour, and mm. he'll help them at a drop of a hat. But they still don't really like him mm. or invite him to drinks without Amy. Yeah. You know, it's what? <laughs> what? Yeah. But it will go shit sideways now because as he's playing, what I've, there's two games he plays in the arcade. One I don't fucking understand. The other one is Rock Band. Right. So, except, except, is it? <laughs> Because the guitar that he plays... It's from Guitar Hero. Right? No. There's no, <laughs> no, uh, no buttons coloured buttons it. It. Yeah, I noticed for that. him to press. Right. right. And the whole point of Guitar Hero, Rock Band and all that, is you press the coloured buttons as the colours appear. Yeah. Because the screen yeah. has the colours on. But I noticed that not only were there no coloured buttons on his guitar, mm. he was playing the guitar like a guitar... Like he was sliding all the way yeah. down but this is to the bottom and back up again. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Phil, yeah. but that's not how you play that game. But right? this is a beef of mine in many films because I'm a games player, right? So I'm a gamer, yeah? Right? And whenever I see a game in a film, there's always something in there that I notice that no one else would that fucks me off. <laughs> like someone's playing Halo with a PlayStation controller right. or something like that. And I'm just like, no, you're, you're getting it wrong. Stop getting games wrong. <laughs> and so stuff like this happens. But the first game he plays before that one, I don't fucking understand what that is supposed to be other than to show that he's out of weight and fat. Which is where you run on a treadmill and you have to jump over hurdles. Oh, the treadmill. Uh, yeah. And he hits yeah. every single one. But I like... What, how what does that, that game how work? How does the game know how high you're jumping? I don't or, understand. Yeah. What? What? Ah, oh, mate, that game. I was just like, and yeah. it looked crap. It's well. not a game, is it? It's, it's not a game. It's completely made, made up yeah. for to show. Look again, ha ha. A fat guy trying to do something well, athletic. What's the fat yeah. guy? But earlier on, he was he doing backflips, and like he was Captain America. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand. Um, as he's doing this, as he's distracted by the games, there are these. I don't know what are they. They're not. There are burglars, robbers, international um, terrorists, terror, international terrorists <laughs> in yeah. Plaza. Yeah. Um, they kind of stand around Santa's Grotto, and well, there's about how many of them? About eight. Say about eight. Eight, ten of them, right? Yeah. One of them has a gun, a pistol. The rest of them have nothing except skateboards and BMX bikes. Yeah. And they kind of get everyone to evacuate by shouting. Yeah. I just, I watched this bit, this is the one bit, I watched this film twice for two different reasons. First time I watched it just to watch the film without having to take notes, and then I watched it again yesterday to make all my notes for this, and both times, this was one bit I very much scrutinised and watched, which was, what are they doing to make people run out of the mall? Nothing. They're shouting, saying, get out, and there's one bit where one of the guys on skateboard kind of skateboards towards the crowd to kind of herd them out of the door. That's all they do. <laughs> There's no no firing the gun in the air, no threats of violence. It's just get out now, everyone leave, yeah. and then skate some skateboarding and some BMXing. To, to be fair though, most people have a primal fear of skateboards, <laughs> sure, and skateboarding kids. Yeah. So yeah. certainly, if a kid was skateboarding towards me, only, I would were, only if you're over forty. I would have been wearing. Were the I villains? am, and skateboarding kids terrify me. Yeah, were, were, were <laughs> so, the villains wearing hoodies? Because that, that they were wearing yeah. hoodies, Scott, would, and they I had would, tattoos. The hoodies I, would tattoos run, so. I would run away. I would take my kids and my family with me. I would push people out of the way to get skateboarding, away. Scream skateboarding like a girl, kids are not safe. Wouldn't you? I wouldn't have even. I would have left the kids. I would have just ran straight to the door. <laughs> just <laughs> fend for yourself, kids. 
Would it be it's, like that bit in Jaws where people just push each other in the water and just, yeah. just stampeding over each other? BMX kids are slightly less scary, but they're still quite intimidating. I, I can't let it go unchallenged or without comment. Okay. You happened to mention that you'd watch this film twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like different it. reasons. You watched this film twice. Yes. Well, sort of. The first time, <laughs> first, the first time I watched it uh, was about a week ago. Right. 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 And that was me just sitting there watching it. No interruptions, right? Except, <laughs> except just just absorbing the world of the just, film. Yeah. Except what I would say is that that failed around about now because <laughs> my attention started to wane a lot when I realised that not much was going on at all. Mm. Even when this is apparently the big event of the film, I just stared at it and went, right. So it's now trying to be a comedy play on Die Hard, except because it's a family film. There's no real violence. And all of the threat is implied through tattoos and skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I since sort of noticed this. And the same time I watched it was to make all the notes for the, for the film. And that one was really not watching the film. It was more jotting shit now. Right. But yeah, this is what the this is the bad guys. They have one gun amongst all of them. Yeah. And it's all just a lot of looking threatening, a bit of parkour. So people, this was back when parkour was. This was big, man. Parkour is the new action thing, yeah? Die Hard 4 is doing parkour. Um, there's that other film that had parkour in it. Everyone was doing out. parkour. Like District 13. It basically all over the place. Yeah, it was all over the, for about six months, it was all over the place, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, parkour was the big thing and then just died as quickly as it came. <laughs> and this film was due in that brief period. Yeah. Because all of our bad guys are doing parkour and BMXing and, <clears> and your skateboarding. <laughs> um, and then, so, as this is all happening, it turns out Amy... The pen guy and the noob are in the bank that's in the mall to bank in their paychecks. And as it's all happening, twist turns out the noob security guy is the leader. Yeah. Who saw that coming? No one. Mm. Who cares? No, no one. Nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> no but, one. I mean, again, at this point now, I'm sort of thinking, I'm not, I don't wonder what the plan is. Obviously, they're robbing stuff, but this guy's worked at the mall, which is cool. Yeah, he's worked, he, he went undercover, as you like, and, and, and got a job as a security guard so he could case out the place. Yeah. yeah. Fine. What you don't then do is go to rob the place as with you. your face. As you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As you yeah. the security guard, who presumably had to give loads of details. Yeah. yeah. Could have been fake details, but I what he's also done be, but... is he's used equipment, he's put his fingers everywhere. Yeah. I mean, dumb. Yeah. Really I mean, dumb. I mean, at least, like you say, you're going to... Like we say, this isn't die hard. It was no. never going to come close to it, was it? No. But I mean, at least Alan Rickman's plot was to make it look like they all died <laughs> during yeah. the heist so that he yeah. could get away. He, his plan is to get away. Yeah, his plan is to steal some money and then what? Presumably go home and, and yeah. gloat over well, the money no, he's he got. he's going to get on a jet with, yeah. well, with somebody else that we'll find out later at the end of the film <sighs> and escape to somewhere yeah. with some codes that will give him money. <laughs> maybe maybe somehow <laughs> yeah um, whilst that's that's been revealed and we're all obviously our jaws on the floor oh, um, from I was reeling yeah I, I had to rewind it. it after about 10 minutes couldn't believe it. couldn't oh what Bruce couldn't, Willis is dead yeah, oh my couldn't. god the noob guy's the leader of the guys oh no oh no if only they had some sort of mall cop Oh, no, if only was... I gave a fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only I gave an ounce If of only shit. this was a different film. Yeah. yeah. If only yeah. With people any... I cared about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and an interesting story. But, but forget all that, right? Forget all that shit, right? It's not really that interesting anyway. Right? The point is, we cut back to Paul Blart, who receives a phone call. 
on his new right. phone. Yeah. And a guy called Bahul. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is, is he, this scene? He's the Reginald Vell Johnson. I don't. I don't get. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he is. Yeah. yeah. Not quite. No, no, no. it's the Vell Johnson. <laughs> not this guy. <laughs> I, I do not understand what this is. As right. I don't know. He's um, so this guy's. Um, he Bahud is uh, some really fucking weird Indian guy who's obsessed. With Eric Avari's daughter, he's the one that got the reason why she's not got her phone on her. And he's phoned her thinking that Paul Blart is the new boyfriend. And he's just obsessed with this girl. Yeah. He's got a really fucking creepy shrine that he's made yeah. with her photo, flowers around it, <sighs> candles, you name it, right? But he's just, I don't know, I don't get this character at all. I don't know what he is, but it turns out that he's also tracking her phone and he knows that Paul Blart is at the mall. Right. This will become relevant later. Right, because the film doesn't need it. Um, but this scene, what did you make of this? Because I, I don't know, this film just sort of stops to do something completely different, I yeah. think. It's meant to be funny, because the Indian kid thinks that Paul Blight is the boyfriend, so he's threatening him and back off my girlfriend. And obviously, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's misconstrued the situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then they become uh, mates almost instantly, don't no, they? No, it's... They do, though, because he's like, Paul Black's like, hey, man, I'm not with her. And he tries to give him some sagely advice about life is heavy. And he's like, oh, that's some deep shit there, Paul Black. Um, and then he decides to... They're just mates now. I'll call you later, Paul Black, for some reason. He's got a yeah. funny, <laughs> like he's got a funny voice, hasn't he? Like Apu. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> so having having yeah. having exhausted like that other stereotypical having, yeah, having exhausted all the fat jokes yeah. that they could in the last forty five minutes. Uh, it's time racial. for some hilarious racial stereotyping. Awesome. So uh, there's that. So um, well done. So this well is done, Blart Blart. <laughs> you've done it. You've done it again. <laughs> well done, cop Paul Moore Blart. Yeah. Um, so this is the bit where we find out what the terrorists are up to, right? They're getting all of these credit card like machine numbers, which have taken all the money from Black Friday. They're going to do something with these numbers. They're going to put them in a big computer somewhere, and they're going to get money. I'm not quite sure how it works, but what they're doing is the it, film seems very unsure how it works. Yeah, it, no, it's not like they explain it in a in a in a in a reasonable way that would make you go, "Oh yeah, it could be a thing." Like a Mission Impossible film might do, for example. It's yeah. just literally <laughs> just sounds like made-up bullshit. <laughs> Could not possibly be true, isn't and, it? Yeah. And again, the, the, the way they go around gathering these codes that they're yeah. going to give them the money is they just go to this particular store, yeah. write the codes down on their arms in invisible ink, yeah. and then presumably go back to the I, guys who yeah, can't like the there's best. some big money computer somewhere that so, if you put in special codes, yeah, well, but you get money. I don't understand. Why not, instead, give each of these characters a burner phone, yeah, yeah, so they can text him the codes? Why bother with all the writing the ink down? I don't know. Because then, if for whatever reason, a fat security guard incapacitates you and you can't get back to the bank to give him the code, he's still got the code. It's Scott. Who cares, man? Because <laughs> like, it doesn't work. Or does isn't it? all well, this just a way of separating out the, the, the gang of baddies 
So yeah. Paul Blart can deal with them in amusing ways one by one. Because mm. they've all got a different set of stall, they've got a different route to go on, haven't they, mm. to collect these codes, which means they disperse through them all, doesn't yeah. it? Which means that uh, Blart, Paul, more Paul can run into them and stuff can ensue. <laughs> Funny stuff can... Funny things, funny things, because he's not like he could take out all eight of them, yeah. is it? Um, he's not a ninja, but he could probably amusingly deal with like ones at a time, <laughs> which, which he's going to do, isn't he, for the next yeah. like, half hour or so. He can do, so so funny with, stuff can and won't happen. He can, do, he can deal with any number of them uh, up to one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you need to split them up. And, right. and, and that's and, how you do it. Because you can't be bothered to write a real thing. <laughs> the real reason to do that. Just come up with some bullshit Why about... Why can just go to his shop and clear out the tills? Because uh, they're after real money, not till Tis, money. Yeah, yeah. Till, yeah, who kills about till money? Yeah. Anyway, um, what's, when, they've, when they've explained their plan about the credit cards, some SWAT or somebody turn up to go through one of the rear doors, but they've got sensors set up. So they set off some flashbangs, which makes them get the shits and run off. Right? So they're like, yeah, cool. So no one's getting in this building now. Definitely. <laughs> Not right, ever. Yeah. <laughs> this is impenetrable. Yeah. Right? The minute they do that, this is a bit I, I do not understand why. There's a room full of CCTV cameras, right? They've got all their monitors there where they can watch everything. You know, it's been established. It's been there mentioned in the film earlier. Right? There's a guy with a skateboard who goes, cool, right, we're, we're up and running now then. He then walks along the monitors and smashes them all up. With the skateboard. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Why does he do that? That gives them a massive advantage being able to see what's happening in the mall in case, like, SWAT guys come in or something. Yeah. So you'd think you'd want to keep them. Yeah, don't but they don't. They smash up the monitors. What you do is you... One, though, no, what yeah. you do is you remove the bit that records all the CCTV footage right. so they can't see what they did when they were robbing. Right? Right, yeah. But you still need to see what's going on inside yeah, the mall. But if you do that, that means they can literally watch Paul Blart everywhere he goes. That's yeah. why they yeah. smash him up. The thing yeah. is, you can't destroy the... Destroying the screens... Does not destroy any recording yeah. that has happened up to that point. Yes, it yeah. did seem- In fact, it probably doesn't even stop the recording still happening. It just means you can't play it back yeah. or watch what's, what's, going going what's currently going on. You can't literally see. The machine is probably still recording. Yeah. You can't see yourself with this stupid face as you're walking into buildings <laughs> and robbing them. With no, you know, disguises at all. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Perhaps that's what was going through his head. If I can't see me robbing this place, then no one else can. <laughs> so there's a, a bit where they uh, SWAT tries to negotiate with the noob. Meanwhile, Paul, Paul Blart is realises what's going on because he bumps into one of the guys on his Segway, um, and then the guy chases after him. Luckily, because Paul Blart drives a Segway. The, the terrorists only have mo- um, BMXs, so it's a comparable chase. Right. That, you know, so you've got, it's not like he's on foot and they're on foot. Mm. He's got a Segway, so they've got BMXs, so that was lucky. Um, they, they get a radio to Paul Blart when they find out he's inside, as in the police do. And they say, come on out. So he's like, okay, yeah, I'm not up for this because I'm just a fae. And as he's leaving the shopping mall, he sees Amy's Mustang outside, realises that she must still be in the mall, not that she might have left her car there. So he turns around and goes back in, deciding that he's going to save her. Yeah? Yep. That's about it. About it, really. Um, then Paul Blart gets chased by two parkour people, a man and a woman, 
they're doing wicked backflips and jumping off of um, you know yeah. jump boards that are out of shot, and they're leaping all over the place. So he yeah. gets the shits, runs off on yeah. the same way, mm-hmm. and then there's a bit where he's in like a like a kind of sports shop and good shop. Yeah, and he decides to jump into an air vent above and have his legs hanging out, like. These, these like um, the displays of the jeans are like people's legs sticking out of walls. Yeah. So he thinks that he can. Is that his plan? Was that his plan? Or did he just get lucky? No, I think that, that. Well, yeah, that's pro- plan is probably a strong word. He probably walked in, saw loads of legs dangling on walls, and thought that will work. Or but was he, what t- I was was he trying, to get, trying to get through the vents? And, and then he got stuck. And got stuck. And then he thought, keep my legs still because there's other legs in the shop. Yeah. Probably. So they come so in or all of these things. And then he's, he's there and he's trying to keep still and they're beneath him in the air. I thought he was trying to get into the vent yeah. like Bruce Willis would have. Yeah. But he's too chubby to do it hilariously. And so he ends up half stuck with his legs hanging out. Yeah. The only thing he can do then is keep his legs still to make it look like yeah. he's part of the display. Right. That's what happened there. End of story. Okay, fair <laughs> We're not right. talking about it anymore. We're moving on. How much have we got left, Nud? We're getting there, don't worry. We We're moving on. Fucking hell, all right. I know you're nearly asleep, John. I'm not, I'm good. Um, I'm contributing. And then there's, and then they don't realise that he's up there, because he's obviously, because he's fat, he hasn't eaten for a while. He's, um, he gets, his stomach grumbles, doesn't he? And they're like, oh, oh yeah. there he is. Yeah. And then he waddles along the air vent away from them, and they get a pole, and they're trying to stab him. Yeah. And then it just collapses on one of them, because he's fat. Wah, 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 is, that, wah, wah. is that why he got the grumbles as well? The stomach grumbles because yeah, he's fat. Because yeah. he's fat as well. He yeah. goes, "Oh, I haven't eaten for a few hours." <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then he, he flattens. Well, he nearly kills one of them by landing on him in the air. Then collapses down on the girl. So he's taking one of them out. Oh yeah. Oh, Paul Blart. Cops are going. Yeah, Blart's taking one of them out. Could have something here. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and then there's a bit with a tanning salon with another one. Do you remember oh, this yeah, bit? he hides in the yeah. He hides oh, doesn't in he? He goes he full hides in it. He hides in it. He hides it. He gets tanned, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets certainly. sprayed. Yeah. And the, but doesn't he hit someone with a tanning bed at this point? No. He, what the one who's the one who's in the tan chases him into the tanning salon. He's quite built, isn't he? He's quite a big guy. Yeah. And um, he locks him in the tanning bit. He gets sprayed. And he's ah oh, no. And then he just goes full mad and just pushes the guy into one of those. And like UV beds. UV beds, yeah. and then he just somehow knocks him out, and then um, yeah. and then he ties him up in it, and that's where he sees with the with the light that he's got numbers written on his arm. Right. Then he starts putting it all down in his phone. Right, so that's oh, going to be. This has all been really well written. Oh, man, this is good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's the one guy who's got a pistol. He's got a long hair chasing after him. Um, and Paul Blart basically kind of like. Um, it's what is it happens he's like the guy chases him onto the roof do you remember this bit and the guy says oh I'm going to kill Amy now I've just realised who Amy is because right. he's been texting her Right. Paul Blatt's been texting Amy who's been held up in the bank and he's saying oh we've got a little redhead downstairs called Amy yeah I'm going to kill her first and then he jumps across the, like a gap in two buildings on the mall on the skateboard yeah, see, yeah. and Paul Blart's like no you're not or whatever the Brazzani punchline is he comes out with <laughs> and he does the jump on his segue clotheslines the guy and they fall through the skylight and land in a ball pit right. oh, yeah. and then the segue falls down in there with him doesn't it yeah. and I just didn't get this bit at all so the the, the bad guy gets up from the ball pit and he's like, he's, he's like oh whatever and then Paul Blart somehow 
on his Segway, lifts out of the ball pit, <laughs> cl- clinging onto his like handlebars. Like Jesus. Yeah, he like rises out of it like Dracula out of a coffin. <laughs> which I just didn't get, uh-huh. especially with his weight. Um, just headbutts the guy and knocks him out. So he's taking another one out. So he's doing right so far. Yeah. yeah. This bit I didn't get, though. How does Paul Blart's daughter just walk into the mall? Because she gets involved. Because the flashbangs have gone now. And that's all they were using to keep the police out. So, yeah, she's walking out the door. <laughs> she and just one walks in and, like, and no one knows she's there because they've smashed all the monitors. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and then Paul Blart, this is another bit as well. Paul Blart's sort of like trying to work out what to do but and he's rushing around. Do you, this is a, I didn't get this. Do you, do you need her? No, not really. Amy's, because the, Amy, fr- Amy's the damsel if in Amy's, distress. If Amy's the damsel in distress, you don't need her. No. And I just thought that was really odd. I guess to raise the stakes, but but raise them more than they're already raised. It didn't. No, it kind of felt like it all felt a bit like pointless. Like I didn't really. Well, the whole film's pointless. I didn't really, get yeah. it really. Yeah, it was a really odd thing. It. I just was struck by how she just sort of wandered in this mall. Mm. She's wandered in. I'm just like, well, why don't the police do that? Why don't the police just wander in? Shoot. I guess they paid her. <laughs> so yeah, well you've been paid. We need to get you in there. So can you just out of her? Yeah. I guess. Um, and whilst Paul Blart is going back and forth, he's trying to work out how to deal with what's going on, and he's observing, isn't he, the bank with this like thing he's found? Um, he seems to like it's a montage of him going back to this card shop that he's trying to break into just to get Amy a birthday card <laughs> because apparently it's Amy's birthday. Then that wasn't mentioned. Right. Do you remember this bit? No, the bit where he tries I to. Don't remember remember that yeah, I don't get it. It was just some pathetic little joke. All right. Um, and then Paul Blart forms, finds out his, his daughter's in the mall because they um, I think doesn't Amy text him saying your daughter's here now as well mm, she's right. been caught and blah 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 so this is where he goes full John McClane <laughs> and he decides to tool up and he puts on a black version of his outfit doesn't he he right. goes to various shops and builds himself a ninja outfit yeah. but it's basically his mall cop outfit right. but now he's ultra right. mall cop yeah. yeah he's blacked up now he's yeah. going for it um, so he hasn't been taking things seriously up till now. Up till now, but now... Now he's Paul Blart. Now Lobo shit's gone sideways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they rebuilt him. Yeah. <laughs> um, he gets on the radio and he starts talking to the noob leader guy and he's like, I'm coming after you and I'm going to take each one of you out and I've got a particular set of skills or whatever the, the fuck he says. Nightmare. Yeah, I'm the last yeah. worst nightmare you'll ever see coming <laughs> or something like that, whatever line he comes out with. And then he gets hyperglycemia and he collapses halfway through his big speech. Oh. <laughs> then he eats a manky lollipop on the floor to give himself yeah. sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's a bit in... Um, when Jesus he, Christ! I know. And then, and then we're getting there, we should be right near the end now, thank God. Because he decides to round them up, doesn't he? He says, go meet me at the where and such and whatever. <laughs> you know, meet me at the Orange Julius or something, or the Arby's or whatever, right? Yeah. And then they, they meet, they chase after him to the, uh, what was it called? Rain, uh, Rainforest Cafe. Cafe. Which is just clearly a fucking movie set. Because mm. it's, a, it's a cafe that's been done up so much, it's dark, it's got dry ice on the floor everywhere, it's got aquariums all over the place. Mm. It's just the most impractical cafe you've ever seen. And he sort of just takes them out one at a time. Then is a bit where he takes, he gets one of them with a vine. You ever been to the Rainforest Cafe though? No, 
They, so that's exactly what they're like. Have you been so to... So there's a chain. I've been to a few. I've been to the one... You're in, joking. This no, is a real thing. Actual chain. Well, so I've been to the one... This in, is like the wig thing from earlier. So there's one in... Uh, there's I, was, one in I need to mention how shitty the Rainforest Cafe is, and John's now telling me there's a Rainforest uh, Cafe. Yeah, so there's, the, there's one in Piccadilly Circus, um, but I've been to the one uh, in... Um, there's one in uh, City Walk in LA. And I think there's one at, you, at Disney Paris. But I've been, I mean, there must be everywhere, but I've been in a few of them. But right. actually, that's kind of exactly what they're like. Thick, plastic trees everywhere. Yeah. Animatronic monkeys and pandas and shit. Uh, it's, it's monkeys and pandas. Boiling up in there. In the yeah. like, the, like the proper yeah. jungle. Like wet. Yeah. It's all humid and wet. And there are big tanks of fish everywhere. So it is, um, and and I would not want to work there because it, it looks extremely dangerous bringing food and beverages to people's tables because you have to avoid, you have to not slip on the wet floor, on the wet foliage. Yeah. You have to avoid the <laughs> animatronic monkey's hands swiping you. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to it sounds like as dangerous as the real rainforest. Not fall into the... Into the Fucking fish pond full of prana, and yeah, and there's loads of water <laughs> features. So I mean, the whole place oh, is I'm like just going to get stagnant and stagnant. <laughs> you're going to get some kind of urinary tract. They should just say there. they should probably change the name of it to Sepsis Cafe. <laughs> yeah. The sound of it, it's going to yeah. be like Legionnaires <laughs> Disease Cafe. <laughs> yeah. So you can, it's like enjoy your breadcrumbed fried chicken meal yeah. whilst smelling. Kind of heat and mould, humid mould, stagnant water, your authentic rainforest cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, actually, actually, oh, okay. Well, he takes all over, that over, over, horrible overpriced oh, dumps. God, <laughs> God, for the kids, okay, for the families with kids. Oh, oh so God, sounds like a nightmare. Like yeah, the scene is really where he takes them all out one at a time, doesn't he? Like, you think he just doesn't he just grab one of them through the foliage? Something as plain as that. Number one, he, he pulls them up silently with a vine. See, the thing like they is, don't scream when they get pulled up in the air. I think, I think because Rainforest Cafe does exist, I actually don't think this is a this is a bad idea for a gag. Right, is to set a, a scene like like a Rambo style scene in Rainforest Cafe. Right, I, I get. Yeah, it's I, actually not a bad idea. I don't think they do it particularly well, mm-hmm. but it's actually quite a fun idea for a yeah, gag. I, I, would, I would agree I, with that. that. Knowing now. That it's, it's a real place. Thing. Yeah. 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 If um, you think it's been made for the movie, it's like, well, this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. They've contrived and forced. They, they've forced a Rambo-style like, world into this mall. But actually... Which is what I thought it was. I was like, yeah. this is just all shit This now. is such bullshit. You're running on bankruptcy. <laughs> idea of bankruptcy. So you're just trying to segue into a different action film being Rambo this time. Um, doesn't he this bit as well is it, oh god this, this is, bit when which I thought John might want to comment on because he mentioned it in messages didn't you the bit when he takes out one of the villains with a air tank air tank you actually messaged you messaged the, the quote from the film so I thought well John oh yeah John no, he d- I bit. do remember it now so he t- so there's yeah. a guy walking around looking for him yeah. Paul Blart shouts hey the guy turns around and looks and sees Paul Blart standing next to an air tank that's laying down horizontally facing towards him. And, and he, he shouts. says, <laughs> Whatever I texted. This is exactly when what I watched Scuba Dooby Doo. Scuba Dooby Doo. Scuba Dooby Doo. Well, the guy stands there basically. Shit getting the shims. Yeah. Turns around. Hey, 
turns around, scuba dooby doo, knocks the air valve, valve off, off the yeah. top, and the guy's standing there waiting to catch it. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> standing there. Oh, better not step out of the way of this because this looks. The like- thing is, though. <laughs> Right, right. What if you, what if you have like a Scooby Doo tattoo or something? Yeah, but well, this, but is, this what is what I, I said earlier. Because I said Scott brought this up earlier before you got here, John. Yeah. And I was saying, right, okay. So this is a, a phrase that he's made up. Part of it is scuba. Yeah. Correct. The other half is Scooby Doo. Right. Correct. It's amalgamation of those two. It is the scuba bit I get because there's an air canister. Correct. But where does Scooby Doo come from? The guy he's killing isn't a talking dog. Well, no. to, to me, <laughs> I thought the scuba dooby doo bit, although it wasn't great, was okay because there was a scuba tank in it. It was, it was, it was good enough for me. No, I'm with Nud. Yeah. You can't do, you can't do a wordplay if, if it, he had a Scooby Doo tattoo, say. Yeah. That would be fine. You could do it. Hey. Yeah. Scuba dooby doo, you could do. Yeah, you could do scuba. You could do scuba. Yeah, but you can't do scuba dooby doo if there's no no. It needs Scooby a double. Doo. It needs a double meaning. Yes, but it's only got a single meaning. Right? <laughs> yes, correct. It doesn't uh, make it sense. Doesn't make sense. hundred percent. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but you're right. This is what always makes me. Scott talking about this earlier. It always makes me chuckle when someone has the time in an action in a fight or whatever it might be. To drop a line, and the person they're fighting stops and watches and waits for something to happen to them. <laughs> whether they get shot, whether they get something thrown at them, whether something is fired at them, like an air tank, yeah. they stand there and let it happen. Yeah. And I'm just like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, and then there's a bit where. I think I might have texted that right as I'm watching it, as yeah. I was watching the film. Because <laughs> I do scene. remember Scuba Scuba Doo. It was like that scene in Jaws when he, he's got the air tank in his mouth, and Roy Schneider. As the boat is sinking, he says, Scuba Dooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I remember that plain as day. <laughs> plain as day. <laughs> is that where it came from? I think so. From Jaws. Yeah. Scuba Dooby Doo, you son of a bitch. But meanwhile. You <laughs> 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 son of a bitch. Oh, <laughs> 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 man. And then, um, as we found out, there's a bit where Paul Blart is running around from them, isn't he? And he's set some stuff up. Right. He's set up little traps and stuff like that. One of the things he's set off is he's knocked a gas line in the oh yeah in the kitchen yeah. and he's put a, like a heater yeah basically he's like a born just like straight out of yeah I know he's suddenly literally again yeah. almost like the bit at the beginning where he was for two seconds he's Captain America yeah suddenly he's like fucking MacGyver or something yeah. he's like <laughs> setting up traps he's got thing pulley levers he's yeah. got all kinds of shit going on so like he suddenly got good when they captured his. Daughter. Yeah, like suddenly he suddenly got good. Like the other ninety percent of his brains turned on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, and then Noob and Thingy, uh, Paul Blart are talking and are threatening each other. And he's got, oh, I've got the need the codes, give me the codes, blah blah. And obviously the thing blows up, doesn't it? And there's a bit where right. what's the actor's name? The one who's head of SWAT, who used Bobby to be Canavale. Yeah. yeah, who used to be. He's there. He's running the show outside, apparently. <laughs> And he's he used to be an ex-friend of... Well, he went to school with Paul Blart. He was a bully of his, wasn't he? Correct. Right. And actually, was that he, not Superman in movie 43? Oh, yeah, it was. Valley, it was. Yeah. Another movie 43, Um And he's at that very moment saying... Someone says, oh, Paul Blart's saying that would be a bit of a hard-ass. And he goes, Paul Blart, he ain't no hard-ass or whatever he says. And then suddenly, the, behind him, you <laughs> see the... Forest Cafe explode, <laughs> yeah. and um, and then we get the sh- final showdown, and this bit was just shit. I mean, so shit. Paul Blart sets up a fake, like a dummy on a Segway, 
and it lures out the he lures out the guy, he's the only one left, isn't he? The leader lures him out of the bank to go after him. And he goes, oh, I've been bamboozled. Turns out, <laughs> turns out that's not Paul Blart. <laughs> that is a lie in the film. But when, when the guy, when the leader leaves the bank, yeah, and he go to go for, chase after Paul Blart, why don't they all just leave? Mm. Not sure. No one's there to threaten them, I think. And um, what's happening is he runs back realising that he's been bamboozled. He goes back into the bank and then basically catches... Paul Blart trying oh, to lift the guy. This is worst. This is terrible. This is terrible. This is awful. Mm. This is the worst scene in the film. Mm. This is where he's trying to lift the guy through the ceiling. The, yeah. the, the other overweight guy, the black guy from earlier that he was having an eating contest with, mm. trying to lift him into the air vent, but obviously he's too overweight because this is a fat comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Right? And then with that, Paul Blart falls out from the ceiling and a couple of others that he's rescued have as well. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, the leader's like, Paul Blart, you really are a complete what, fucking what, loser. What you forgot <laughs> to mention in all of this oh, is that it. shortly after uh, a disappointing scene in the bar, uh, his fat mate, he runs a stall selling hot sauces. Oh, and he gave him. And his fat mate gives him a super special hot sauce. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as, a, as a sort of gift. Prize for being a prize turd. Yeah. Uh, and the night before. That's right. So he's been carrying around this hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. I so just mentioned that apropos of Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll retcon thought, that into the episode. I just thought I'd mention that was a thing what happened yeah, in yeah. the past. Carry Maybe. on. And then, <laughs> Carry on with your blow by so blow. So then what happens is the leader's got a gun on Paul Blart and he says, blah, 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 I'm going to kill you now and I'm going to take Amy and your daughter on the plane because I'm out of here now. Yeah. And he oh. says, give me the phone. He goes, I don't have the phone on me, do me. Why would I have the phone on me with all the codes? And it goes off because Bahud's called him again. Going, yeah. hey, I'm the Indian guy from earlier. You might remember me. We've had enough fat jokes. Let's do a racial films, joke again. Such films as Black Cop Paul Mall. Yeah. yeah. You might remember me from earlier. Oh, yeah, from, from this film. And then he goes, okay, <laughs> fine. Okay, you win. He throws the phone to the leader in slow motion. And as the leader catches it, Paul Blart, in his gun holster, has a bottle of hot sauce that John might have mentioned no, no, earlier. I was just going to say, that is another thing, isn't it? It's from a, a, an earlier scene when Newbie turns up and he says, right, you turn your left hip away, or your right hip away, then you put your hand on your hip to give the illusion you've got a gun, which we both know you don't. Yeah. And then the villain quotes that line back to him. Yeah. And then Paul has got the hot sauce, hot sauce in his holstery type thing. So, callbacks. 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 Sir, full circle. So, and I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, at least someone's taken the time to think of that. Yeah. And not the like Die Hard 5. Here's the thing, though. Like, so, in, that, in this respect, it's actually a better Die Hard film than Die Hard 5 is. Here's the gag, and I can understand why they would think this was a funny gag. Mm. Because they do all that. They set that up. He squeezes the hot sauce yep. in the guy's eye, but then he doesn't do anything. He just stands yep. there. Yeah. The guy gets the sauce out of his eye, and he's still got the gun on him, and he says, probably failed to capitalise on that. Yeah. yeah. So the gag is, they, they, they have set these couple of things up, and in a normal action film, <laughs> that, that would have been yep. the end scene, yeah. and he would have saved the day. And the gag is that he hasn't. The, the kind of problem I had with that is... In the second half of the movie, Paul Blart's turning into a bit of a... Hard-ass. Hard-ass. Mm. So, suddenly he's a cock again. <laughs> suddenly he's the kind of dickhead from the first half yeah. of the film again. <laughs> at the moment where it matters the most. Yeah. And I kind of thought that was... Actually, that's... You shouldn't do that, really. No. Yeah. You've already... 
I've turned him into the hero, so you can't make him... There's no reason why he couldn't have disarmed that guy while he had art art source in his face. Yeah. And he just doesn't do anything, does he? And then you go, I don't do anything. So I get on paper how that could be funny. Yeah. And you would go, let's do this, because it kind of... But for me, it feels like... Turns the whole action thing on its head. It's Mm. like a false sort of start-stop bit, where I thought the film was going to end. And then and it doesn't. Hopes. And it doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, hopes. Because fucking hell. Exactly, because that's the gag, isn't it? Because it should end. Yeah. That, that should be the piece where all this little, these it's, little bits uh, in, the, in, the, in the backstory come together and he defeats the baddie. Um, it's cool. That's how it should end. And the fact that they, they don't do that and they do a throwaway gag instead really kind of annoyed me. Yeah. I would, first of all, I wanted the fucking thing to end. I yeah. didn't want another 10 minutes to, of it to keep going. But it was also the right point for it to end. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it was instead, it was just a kind of cuntish joke. <laughs> it turned yeah. its hero back into a prick. Yeah. So, um, didn't, yeah. Yeah. And then well the, done, movie. <clears throat> and then the leader escapes with his daughter and Amy. He rides off. Paul Blart smashes through the shopping mall in the minivan that he crashed into earlier in the film, which we didn't mention. <laughs> and then he, him and, I forget his name again. Still Bobby Cannavale. Yeah. I just can't remember that name. Bobby. I'm still calling him Bobby. <laughs> Paul Blart and Bobby go after a um, thing and they, they manage to track him because somehow Paul Blart phones Bahood even though the leader has the phone that they're tracking. So where did he get Bahood's phone number from? Anyway, there's a bit again where Paul Blart goes to do an action stunt and they make him a cunt again by making him miss the van. Remember that bit? Right near the end? Yeah. Where he's going to do the big jump from one moving truck to another and he misses completely and lands in a ditch and it's just like, fucking end. Mm. Come on. Another one of these. He then runs through the woods rather than getting back in the van and ends up at the airport. And it's just, yeah, he meets the leader he fakes having another um, hyperglycoma like faint and it turns out he hasn't and he just knocks him out doesn't he he like he falls over and then trips him up knocks him out he's won yeah but then Bobby turns up and goes actually wackadoo I'm the bad guy yeah. <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> and then he goes what I'm going to do is I'm going to get all the codes and then and he gets shot through the arm and it's from his nobody boss yeah. who's taken the gun of the cop which is a felony yeah. <laughs> and then the film ends with him getting with Amy and he's and then right at the end of the film they say, hey, you know what the state troop um, force would be honoured to have someone like you on our team. Just say the word and you'll be one of us. And he's like, no, I think I'm best where I am, being a mall cop Paul Blart. Yeah. And it's like you have learnt nothing. Yeah. You haven't grown at all, other than maybe getting with Amy. Yes, yeah, and that's it. the film. Yeah, and they get married. Don't oh, they? and then they get married. Yeah. Do you know about this bit? Mm, on yeah. segways <laughs> on segways married in segways in the mall because that's where they filmed everything yeah. <laughs> did you know there was a Paul Blart mall cop two cop yeah I am aware of it mm-hmm. are you do you know anything about it I know I know happens. it's the sequel to a film called Cop Blart Paul Mall yeah I know what happens in the first 20 minutes because it sounds like the most horrendously depressing film ever <laughs> you, do you know what happens? Uh, I know a bit about. I know he's set in Vegas, and I know oh, um, that he's that the, the girl he ends up with has dumped him. So they get and his daughters in it. So what happens again? In, what happens at the beginning? The first apparently, I listened to a podcast called "Death Till uh, Till Death Do Us Blah," 
where um, every every Scuba every every five year, every year five guys get together and review Paul Blart Mall Cop Two every year, and they're going and they've done it for three years running, and they're going to do it every year at Thanksgiving. They literally review the same film over and over, right? And they would te- and I listen to the first episode, and it's them describing like we do, we do beat for beat, right? Right. They describe what happens at the beginning. At the beginning of the film, after they've been married for something like five days, Amy leaves him and gets divorced, saying because of involuntary vomiting, because she's married to Paul Blart. And then in the very next scene, Paul Blart's mum gets hit by a truck and dies. Lovely. What a And that's how film. Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 starts. Okay. And then Amy says she's leaving him to go to university. So he's basically on his own. And you don't know. It might, they might have done it in a really hilarious way. No, <laughs> apparently it's horrendous. And also when his mum gets killed, it's also quite graphic. <laughs> so it's like, holy shit film, holy shit. Okay, okay yeah. So that's what happens in Paul Blart 2. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe we'll do that one day. But apparently it's fucking horrendous. So then the rest of the film is him trying to find rope with enough tensile strength well, no, he, he, to hang himself <laughs> in. <laughs> he goes to Las Vegas to some conference for more cops right. or something like that and he's a guest speaker because he once took out a bunch of terrorists in Nakatomi Plaza okay. slash a mall somewhere. Yeah. There you go. Um, any idea about Rotten Tomatoes on this film? Nope. Didn't look up okay, anything. Can I have a guess? Go ahead. So, in terms of critic score, average. Well, here's the thing. I read a bit about this, and I think, although a lot of critics hated it, like Roger Ebert, for example, gave it like three and a half Yeah, stars. I was going to say, yeah. Well, you can get into that. So, I, I mean, I still think it's a pitiful film, but I there were some decent reviews. I'm going to go for 35%. Right. I, I'm going to say, as far as critics' reviews mm. go, I reckon... I'll say a bit lower, I'll say more like 23, but I reckon customer reviews are probably more like the high 60s. Customer, uh, audience review? Audience reviews. Yeah, audience probably review. Probably higher, yeah. 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 So it's 32 from critics, so John right. was very close again. Right. Thank you. Um, well, I, I, was, I was really close, yeah. just to have the numbers in the wall. Um, <laughs> true. And um, audiences was 43. Oh. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Fine. yeah. Pretty average. Approve. Uh, like I said, I at the beginning. I don't works. think I don't think this is a horrendously bad film. I just think it fails as a comedy, and I think it's got some things wrong in terms of characterisation. It's lazy, and it's also mm. like I think too, like some of the themes of the jokes are just just don't play at all now, really at all. Really, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Roger Ebert gave it four, uh, three out of four. Was it three out of four? I knew he really liked it. And he said it had a lot of heart. I didn't yeah. read much more about what he said, but I read his Yeah, story. I started reading his review, but his review was very much beat for beat um, of the plot of the whole film. Right. And um, he was saying how he thought it was charming and he, that Paul Blatt was a likeable character. I don't think I agree. Paul, you know what? No one's ever... I, for, you know, you're never always going to agree with a critic, are you? No. Matter, even if it's Roger Ebert. True. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. I think Paul Blatt... Uh, the character himself, you like him about as much at the end of the film as if you'd never really met him. Yeah, and I don't you really know, feel like I was gunning for him during the whole terrorist bit. Mm. I, I just sort of felt like it was something that I was at and I was watching it play out. Mm. I don't feel like I was gunning for him, really. You know, like No, but I think that's a partly a problem, I think, with the Happy Gilmore films and the Happy Madison films generally. Is um, I don't I often don't feel 
like like they've tried to write real people at all. No. So you have no investment, not really. Mm. You're being entertained purely on a surface level. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. The, the, the film has to follow a certain structure because that's the way a film works. But it's not really trying to get you to, I think, invest. No. Because oh, ultimately they're always going to pick, and this is the problem, isn't it? They're always going to pick the gag before the character stuff. That's why they did that bit at the end where he squeezes the thing but then doesn't save the day. Yeah. Because they always go for the... They will always choose the gag over the character bit. And that's the problem because there's a lot of comedies where that are written, I think, you know, or made by skillful people who blend that very well. Yeah. Who do a mix of the jokes and the human stuff. So you can still believe that these are people that exist and that you care for. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think those are these movies. No. Mm. And they're fine on a surface level to watch sometimes. Yeah, I think that's They're easy up. watching. But I think that this is one of their films they made that just, I think, is fundamentally unfunny and that un- doesn't work as a comedy for me. Mm. That's why I picked it. Yeah, I mean, you said um, to me, didn't you, in the week that you didn't laugh once. No, I did honestly... Did you laugh at all, any bits? Um... Did any bits make you chuckle? Like, uh, so yeah, I'll I tell you what, there was one <clears> that made me laugh a little bit, and it was the bit where I realised that my, when my wife had said it's a wig, oh. uh, that made me laugh, because it looked like a wig. And then also a little bit where I realised it was meant to be a wig. Okay. <laughs> but I understand that that's more to do with my actual experience. <laughs> yeah, of yeah that's yeah. Rather than like like a joke in the film that made yeah. me laugh. There wasn't really a joke. No, in so the film. I had a chuckle two bits, and I know it was two bits because I wrote them both down. Was <laughs> it? As that, and the one was when his um, his boss, security guard boss guy, says to him, and he, he knows he's in the mall. And he says, um, "Can't <clears throat> let's face it, son. You're untrained, unarmed, and you make you you, you present a huge target." And I thought that was quite funny. And then the um, the bit later on, after one of the after he takes down one of the bad guys, and he hides behind the wall, and he's holding his arm like Rambo, like he's just about to sew his arm up. And, you know, rolls his sleeve up. And he's got a little scratch. He goes, "Oh, that's not so bad." Puts a band aid on it. Those two bits maybe chuckle a little bit. But that was it. Mm. I think I laughed at Scuba Dooby Doo, but I don't think I was laughing with the film. <laughs> no. I think I was laughing at the film. <laughs> and I think the first time I watched it, I didn't even notice that line. It just washed over me. <laughs> it was only after you texted, and you mentioned it when I saw it the other day, that when I watched it again yesterday, I made a point of noticing it. <laughs> and yeah, that is, that is a shit line. <laughs> yeah, a shit film. Yep. Yeah. Bruce Willis tells you in The Last Boy Scout, he says that if you hit somebody with a surfboard and you say, surf's up, dude, because he understands the, the basic principle. Yeah. Is that it has to be relevant. Yeah, it has to be contextual. Scuba is fine. Dooby-doo is not. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's been Paul Blart and Walcott then. So I think we learn a lot. I learned a lot about... Well, not much, actually. No, I don't think I learned anything either. Scotty? I... No, and the, the only question I came away with is, are Segway more guards a thing? I'd like to know, because I, I, I haven't really looked. I don't think so. I don't know. I suppose some of the malls in America are maybe pretty they, big. Maybe they are. Maybe they are, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe, because some of the malls in America are really quite big, but what I would do in that instance is hire more guards and have them in sectors rather than give them segways. So they don't know. Yeah. Well, that's been Paul Blarmorecock then. I think we're pretty much done, aren't we? Please, please, let's end this. Yes. Cool. Well, we'll be back next time with some more bad movies. Or movie. Well, I've been <laughs> good. I, I sincerely hope we're not doing Paul Blarmorecock 2. Like next time, let's <laughs> give it a let's give it a nice healthy gap. Five years, maybe forever. <laughs> like year or never. Maybe, maybe a long forever gap before <laughs> we do uh, do another one of them, or maybe anything with Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I've been Nud. JP, Scotty. <laughs>